the Reaper, the Maelstrom, and the Thief is a Dungeons and Dragons show by Rollcast intended for mature audiences. It contains mature themes, strong language, violence, and drug references. Full content warnings can be found in the episode's description. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Reaper, The Maelstrom, and The Thief by Rollcast. I'm Tom, the DM, and with me as usual, uh, JB is Ragnarok, our newly one-armed half-orc bard. Yes. Along with him, we have Coogan, who of course portrays the last one standing, Gregor the Last, Hello. our dragonborn cleric. Mm-hmm. And we also seem to have the ghost of Ivok. Ooh. Played by Gaz. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get onto that very shortly, though. I mean, that's the big, dead, splitting two elephant in the room. But we'll, we'll get onto that shortly. Before that, though, it is becoming our custom. I have a question for you guys. However, Ivok, your question is going to be slightly different from Gregor and Rax. But to begin with, Gregor. Yes. What do you believe happens after death? Ooh, flipping heck, yeah, that is a hard question, especially with Gregor. I mean, you used to believe in Talos, but you not really heard much of him talk about that. But he believes at the end of your life, I, he believes that you get taken to your own personal paradise. Like your inner desires was pretty much fulfilled. And yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that's what he believes in. You know, that's a that's a nice enough belief, to be honest. There's there's much worse beliefs out there. Okay. Speaking of which, Rag, same question. What do you believe happens after death? Lots and lots of sex. <laughs> and music. And just wild, wild parties. Wild hedonistic. Just endless sex. through the night. It's just a long night of parties and sex. You know what? I, I expect nothing less from a bard. I expect absolutely nothing less. <laughs> That's what they live for. Okay, so, the ghost of Ivok, I have a question for you. Yes! <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just, just shoot me. So, obviously, there's, there's no point in asking you what you think happens after you die, because, you know, dead. However... What were your last thoughts on this mortal coil? Damn that Ragnarok! <laughs> I tried and save him, and I knew it would be my demise. I mean, that does sound... That does sound very accurate, actually. It was kind of Rag's fault that you died. <laughs> for being completely honest here. And with that... Roll credits. Alright, so last time, guys, obviously a lot happened with us. Um, there's a very obvious thing that happened, but we'll we'll get onto that very shortly. But um to begin to begin with, um you all managed to actually enter into the Temple of Merkel and you came out into a large entry room essentially one that was lined with dozens of torches emitting a sickly green light 
Um, there was also kind of like a, a bowl in the centre, one that Gregor took immediate interest in, as Rag was being taught initially somewhat unsuccessfully about runes by Admirius, but started to get a bit of a grasp on it. I guess you could say he was getting a hand on it. Um, no, nothing. All right. Um, great. I thought we just left the ship. Gregor's gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is when the moment gets one. It wasn't, but it's gonna be. <laughs> so yeah, Gregor was kind of intrigued with this bowl of red liquid. Rag was being taught um, about runes by um, Amrius and the teleportation rune. Seemed to get a bit of a grasp to it. And then, uh, not Rag, and then Ivok was checking the bookcases for any important information. Unfortunately, Gregor kind of plunged his hand in just kind of to get a bit of a feel for this liquid and uh, it didn't work out too well for him. Quite terrified, kind of backed away. After a while, um, after a bit of more of investigating, finding a couple of books which revealed a little bit of the mystery behind Merkel, the group figured out that they had to abide by certain tenets of the temple in order to enter successfully. And one of these were to basically, almost as a contract in blood, to agree to follow these rules. The group did so by cutting their hands and bleeding into the bowl. They then came out into a large main hall uh, with two sets of stairways that led upwards and two wings, the east and the west. However, before progressing any further, the group decided to check out an altar um, up a slight rise of stairs. And it was here that Ivok felt something vibrate in his pocket. Pulling it out, he realised it was the long-held golden key that he had purchased off the uh, tabaxi linsea quite some time ago. Holding it up after a while to the wall, the group discovered that there was actually a secret passageway. Following the passageway, they came out into a small, dimly lit room, looking to be the living quarters of some kind. After lighting up the room with his dancing lights, Rag realised there was a set of four chests at the back end of the room. It was here that he tried to open two of the chests, one in each hand, and he discovered that one of them was actually a mimic. After a display of bad luck, Rag managed to Rag managed to get away from the mimic, um, but incensed, angered, he tried to attack it again using his tentacle rod. However, the mimic, showing uncanny dexterity, managed to actually pull him into the into the maw of itself, crushing down on his hand and his arm, to the point where Rag fell away and his arm did not. The arm, along with the tentacle rod, remained inside the mimic. As this was going on, as um, Ivik saw one of his companions fall to the floor unconscious and start bleeding out, he swung down in anger. Unfortunately, just like with Rag, he had a bit of bad luck. However, his was much more catastrophic. With the Mimic managing to catch him by the torso, essentially. Clamped down, bit him in two. <coughs> and at that point, the tale of Ivok Mylar ended. Legs stumbled for a second before falling backwards in front of an absolutely horrified Gregor who was still trying to bring Rag, who at this point in time was slowly dying too, back to life. And it's at this point 
that we rejoin you all as um, as Gregor. Yeah, Rag is bleeding out in front of you. Rag, you are struggling to catch your breath. And Ivok, your legs have just kind of fallen to the floor and you are dead. I'm afraid. That is a very accurate ref Well, I'd say that's an accurate representation, Gaz, of Ivok, but seeing as his top half is currently being digested by the Mimic. Uh... So, to begin this... I can't do hamstands. <laughs> <laughs> to begin this, Rag, roll me your second death saving throw, please. You're oh, currently failing. Oh, with that straight away, are we? Hit hitting you with that straight away. Eight. So, Rag, you are... You're still bleeding out quite rapidly from your arm. And again... <gasps> Your breath is starting to catch more as you fail your second death saving throw. Thank you, best not die. Uh, I died for you, get up. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of hear Ivik's voice in your head as you're kind of drifting in and out of consciousness. I'm not going to be able to respond to that though. No, no, you're, you're pretty much gone. Third. Stop, fucking hell. Yeah, say, Gregor, if you want to try anything, you can at this point. Yeah, can I, uh, can I rip some of his cloth from, um, like, off a uh, rag and try and yeah. place it onto the severed arm so I can stop the bleeding? Don't you roll yeah. it? Sorry, don't you roll it every turn? That's only in combat. We're out of combat at the moment. Oh, you're not in combat? Oh. Nope. That kind of stopped after, you know, Ivok was bitten into and Rag passed out. At this moment in time, the rest of the group are kind of stood in shocked silence at this unfolding in front of them. Their only bodyguards are dead. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Like <laughs> two, a third of their entire bodyguard allocation, I guess, have just been wiped out by a mimic. So, Rag. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry, Greg. Are you were ripping his? Um, what were you doing again? You were ripping, well, just like, ri just like ripping a bit of cloth for all, like off Rag's cloth or something like that, so I can put it onto the wound and hopefully like just try and stop the bleeding. Okay, I would like you to roll me a uh, roll me a medicine check, please. Yeah. Well, that's not good. Nine. So yeah, you you do manage to rip. The fabric off, managed to kind of like fasten it around his arm almost like a tourniquet, but unfortunately, it doesn't stem the bleeding. The, the blood, the amount of blood that's kind of gushing out at this point in time, just causes the makeshift tourniquet to slip off. So, Rag, can you roll me your third death save? Potentially, no. your final. I was gonna say, as he's doing this, can I uh, shout to everyone else, Give me a hand here, I need help. Get up, you sweaty green blob! <laughs> Sorry, can I give me a second there after asking them to give him a hand? <laughs> Anyone got an extra hand? Anyone? Um. Okay, yeah, so... Amrius is starting to approach. However, Rag, you do need to roll your third death save. This is approaching you. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> nah. Could just stay unconscious oh, for the rest of the okay. game. Oh, okay. Alright. Is he there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Is he He's there? He's gonna yeah. be there after you've rolled your death saving throw. 
Six. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, maybe I will be playing Paul Walker over the uh, soundtrack for both this episode and last episode. Christ, not Paul Walker. The Paul Walker song. <laughs> rolling on the tens. Okay, so, yeah, Gregor, as you ask someone to give them a hand, Amrius is kind of, like, running across, realising that Rag is not long for this world. Rag, in your final moments, you hear Ivok say... Something. Oh, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just hear the ghost of Ivok say, oh, that's not very good. You kind of reach your hand up, kind of, like, almost a punch him out of annoyance, and your hand just <gasps> falls limp on the floor. Gregor, you have just witnessed Ivok be bitten too, and Ragnarok have his arm bitten off, and then die of blood loss. As Amrius reaches, he just kind of notices Rag's arm go limp. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh no. I just slumped back just on my knees and I'm just staring at his dead body like shit. You you feel um I have one? a I have a restore life option here that <laughs> popped up. <laughs> what on on um D D Beyond? D Beyond, yeah. Oh well unfortunately. I don't think that'll work, will it? Restore life with one HP. Unfortunately not. <laughs> you kind of died. Oh, like, who dear. would have thought that our biggest foe would be a mimic? Regardless, uh, Gregor, you feel Amrys's hand just kind of like gently place on your shoulder. I'm sorry, dear boy. These these risks happen, unfortunately, in expeditions such as these. But despite your friends knowing the potential costs, it doesn't make loss any easier. I just take a deep breath. Just <sighs> never gets easy when you see comrades die. No, I suspect that this isn't the first time for you, nor will it be the last. Instead, just, you have to keep moving for them. It just takes a deep. It just takes deep breath. Right. Uh, can I look at uh, Ivok and? Well, what's left of Ivok on the floor? Yeah, you can, you can look at Ivok's legs. Alright. Uh, I was going to say, is the Mimic active, or is it just kind of closed back up? Um, so it's still kind of like... <laughs> chomping away at the, the upper corpse of Ivok, but it's not actively attacking anyone. It's not moving forward. It's kind of busy with its meal. Alright. Uh... I just take I just take one deep breath and just gonna reach over to Rag and just grab the bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you've got the bag of holding now and all of its contents. Yeah, I um, pick up. Can I? Bag. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I grab and see like if he's got any like personal belongings on him or anything like that? Uh, JB, other than what was in the bag of holding, do you, do you have anything else on you? Nah. Are you just saying that to spite <laughs> Coogan here, or is that genuinely yes. Unfortunately, even as DM, I can't tell you what he's got on him, only he can. So if he wants to, if he wants to be spiteful over this, he can't. <laughs> um, right, right, come on. Dead. <laughs> Give me everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Roll for investigation, Google. <laughs> you know what? Actually, fine. That's fair. Roll for investigation. investigation. <laughs> yep. That's a good point. <laughs> it's looting his corpse in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not helping him out to do it. It's no, never easy fair, when sorry, you lose I'm, a comrade. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> shocked that we've lost two characters so quickly. So yeah, uh, investigation. It's your that's, that's a, zero, that's your a zero. You're too shocked by the events that have just happened to um, to properly loot the corpse of your friend. Okay. So you've just got the bag of holding. Right, fair enough. Um, when it comes to Ivor, yeah, it's just his bottom half, really. You can, if you want, go closer to the mimic to see if you can spot any other bits. Not bits, I guess. Um, any other items that Ivor had that had fallen off of him when he got eight. eight. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll do, I'll do that. I'm, I want to see if I can get like personal belongings and basically what I was thinking of was once I escape, hopefully, I can burn them, like, as, like, a little bit of, like, a burial. Okay, um, so, roll me, how close are you wanting to get to the Mimic? Uh, Bear in mind, like I said, the Mimic is still just eating, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you get a bit too close, it might think, you know, like, similar to how when a dog is eating, if you get too mm. close to it, it kind of growls at you and snaps at you. Yeah, if it starts like changing or like starts changing its chomping thing. Like Okay, roll me like stealth. Like it noticed me. Roll me stealth then to get close to it. Great. Are we gonna see our third death? Who knows? That's a ten. <laughs> it's still too busy chowing down essentially to really go for you but as you get closer it's it stops chomping for a sec and just lifts its lifts its mouth so essentially where the hinges of the chest are and you see these these blood covered sharp teeth just kind of bare slightly at you right uh can i just just slowly reach and just grab the bottom of ivic's legs and like try and drag it away Roll me strength for that, just a straight up strength check. Because, yeah, the legs themselves stumbled slightly backwards when he died, so just far enough away. It's kind uh, of that's between a... the. Sorry. I just going to say, it's kind of between the bed and the wardrobe at this point. Right, yeah, can I. Uh, it was a uh, 20, not natural. Yeah, so you're kind of like just pulling at the bottom half of Ivok away. Um, if you want, you can now roll an investigation to see what he might have been holding in his britches, I guess. Yes, I will do. <laughs> natural one. <laughs> I'm gonna die of a heart attack, aren't I? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> so as you're pulling it away, the one of <laughs> guys. I'm so sorry to do this to the corpse of your character, but one of the legs gets caught on the kind of like um, one of the pillars, I guess, of the bed. Um, I forgot what the actual name is for it. The, bed the things that connect. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, you connect, uh, the leg kind of wraps around the bedpost, and you can hear like a <laughs> as the bedpost snaps. The bed comes down, and you hear another <laughs> cracking noise as the bed lands on the on one of the legs. 
cracking the legs, but then also pinning it to the floor. You can't move it any further back. I just look at the floor and just just whack it in the floor, just in just frustration because I can't get my can't get my uh, comrades like in like where it, I want them. It hurts. You feel on a cool pop, but you don't take any points of damage for that. <sighs> I just can I, I just turn to Amris. Amris, can you just help me just get my comrades, please? I will ask Ebuchar and Raynor to move their bodies into the into the main hall, yes. And you see um you see Ebuchar just kind of walk over, he picks up the corpse of Rag and just kind of slumps it over his shoulder. Not gonna lie, kind of expected one of you to maybe kick the bucket in this, but both of you at the same time. Uh, two of you at the same time. Just kind of looks back at Gregor. You have my condolences. Just kind of walks into the main hall. I just, Raynor, I just nod my head, just like... Raynor manages to kind of like lift the bed and grab the legs of Ivok, chuck him over. <laughs> well, I guess it's half the men he used to be. Just walks out. Ivok is rolling about in his grave at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, put him on, yeah. <laughs> he catches up to Epchar. Hey, I've got to give a hand to you, Epchar. You really are strong. <laughs> they just kind of lay the Mock bodies it. out. They lay the bodies Mock. out on the altar, essentially. I just stand up, put the bag and hold in, just over. I just turned to a time town where she's like, well, we got a job to do. Yes, we do indeed. Um, yes, we do. We do indeed. Yes. It's just, just kind of... He seems a little bit shocked himself as well. Um, I don't think anyone in the group kind of expected a mimic, of all things, to cause such devastation. I, I would suggest... I would suggest that we uh, search the rest of the room in case there is any any clues for uh, any clues for, for what to do next. However, I uh, having looked around, this looks to be the living quarters of whichever priest would live here at some point or another. So maybe there isn't anything pertinent to our investigation. Maybe it would be more along the lines of how the priests live. And whilst that would normally be interesting reading for an archaeologist such as myself to find. Um, given present circumstances, maybe we should um, should figure out a way to get to the upper floors. Yes, I completely agree. I just want I just want to get out of this room right now. Yes. Yes. Um, he kind of looks up and uh, do you look up as well, like looking around the rest of the room? Yeah, I'll, I'll have a quick glance. Just So you can see around the rest of the room that the rest of the group have already left. Um, like, pretty much everyone has left pretty much in silence. Um, kind of like a show of respect, I guess. Um, and yeah, you can... The silence just falls upon the room. Um, you are currently kind of like knelt just before the bed itself, kind of between the bed and the wardrobe, and as you stand up and turn around, you can see some of the lights near the stove and the fireplace is kind of like 
died down completely. Oh, um, how far is the bed from me, actually? You're pretty much next to the bed. Right, can I just grab one of... Can I grab a sheet and just pull it off? Yeah, you've now got a sheet. It's old, yeah. and it is very holy and tattered. It seems a bit ancient and moldy. But you have as a green, moldy sheet. I was going to say, as I walk out uh, of the room, I, do I see Ivok and Rag's body on the on the tomb? On the... Yes, on the altar itself, they have been kind of laid quite respectfully um, on the western side, kind of like in between the two braziers, essentially. Right, I'm just going to throw this sheet over them, just to cover their bodies. Yep, so they are now covered um, completely, pretty much, at this point. Um, the rest of the group have kind of walked down to the main centre part. Um, like before, um, Raynor has kind of sat down on one of the pews. He's less relaxed than he was before. He's kind of like hunched over, muttering to himself. Fu um, is walking up and down, just kind of like looking in the old curves and whatnot. Uh, and the rest of the group seem to be kind of like just waiting in the centre where you can go to the east or west. And as you approach, um, as you approach, Amrius kind of turns to talk to you. Um, and you can see he looks a bit concerned. Um, it does not feel right for me to suggest that we split up the... Uh, the remnants of our group. However, I believe it might be wise at this point. We need to cover as much as we can in this Find out how we are meant to uh, ascend. As it were. Um, I so agree I that we should. Yes, I yeah, I'm just like I'm agreeing at this point. I'm just yes, yes. Well, I'll I'll do whatever you say. I mean, well, at the end of the day, I'm here to do a job. Yes, I'm at well, your disposal. I'm, I believe that it might be a wise idea for myself, you, and Raynor to take the eastern side. Uh, I was going to say, where's Bimit also at this time? Um, Bimit is behind you. He is very, very quiet. You can roll an insight if you want to kind of get a... Yeah. An eye. Yeah, roll me insight then, please. Bimit is very quiet. He's kind of lean, lent low down to the ground. That's a 12. Bimit is fuming. You, Bimit is... You, you don't even need to look too deep inside to see that Bimit is just rage incarnate at this point. I'll just turn to Bimit. You alright, Bimit? Bimit lost two members of kin. And Bimit cannot even eat stupid mimic of killed kin. Never gets easy, unfortunately, but it. Well, I just give him a pat on the pat on the shoulder. Once more, Bimit has lost family. Unfortunately, it never gets easy. I've lost family too, Bimit. Never, never gets easy. But all that we can do is push on. At the end of the day, it just takes a little bit of breath. We are, we are here to do a job. If Bimit finds. 
Colts grow. Merkel. Bimit destroy Colts and Merkel. Kane would not be here if not for stupid death cults. I completely agree with you. We'll take them down together. As all. Kind of nods his head and exhales like a large amount of smoke from his nostrils. Um, seeing this, Amrius um, just kind of nods slowly, and you can see him talking to Redmond, Ebchar, Thu, and Dravlan, just quietly, and kind of like gesturing over to the western side. <laughs> I just, yeah, like, I just, I just yeah. turned to Bimmy just one last time, and like, so I'll be buying new steaks from now on. Bimit's heart breaks. <laughs> Realising that Rag will never buy him a steak again. And, well, even though Rag tried to break him, he's still very upset over Rag's passing. And yeah, you can see he's also very upset over Ivik's passing. Um, Ivik may have called him the wrong name every single time, but Bimit was wanting to try and get some kind of training from Ivik at some point or another. He's a bit sad over missing the uh, opportunity to bond uh, but nonetheless Amrius just kind of places his hand on your shoulder, kind of runs his hand slightly over Bimit's head we had best be off chaps the best way to honour your friends is to ensure that we are successful within our venture here of course, of course let's get going as you kind of go through the eastern side, you find yourself um at the doorway and you see that you are once again in a very very short corridor you exit the main hall and yeah you're passing through a short corridor at this point lit dimly by more sconces on either side of the wall casting everything in a pale green kind of color um directly in front of you is a room um which is half covered in even more green glows essentially um, but there's something a bit different about this green glow rather than being cast from sconces it is actually seems to be coming from the floor itself you cast your eyes down and you notice that there is a large amount of luminous green liquid at your feet and it's covering around about half the room the upper half of the room the only light that's coming from the room is from the odd liquid and Using that light, you are able to see that this room is um, is completely full of cages. Though most of the cages seem to be empty. The, the only noise that's actually initially coming from the room is the sound of running water coming from the top corner of the room. However, there does seem to be a little bit of movement in two of the cages. Um, I was going to say, can I bring out my Sunblade and just activate that? Because that uh, releases a five-foot uh, radius of uh, light. Yes. So as you as you unsheath your um, Sunblade, essentially, it's kind of like a fizzle. And yeah, five feet in front of you is completely illuminated. You can see that the there is a one of these small-ish. Um, cages it seems to be constructed of wood and metal fastenings and the one one of the ones that is very close to you just in front of the running weird green water 
appears to be a, a figure in there. Uh, can I... Mm, I don't really want to walk on this green liquid. <laughs> if I can dodge that. Um... Actually, can I just get onto my knees and just give a touch of this red, uh, green liquid to see if it's like harmful? So as you touch the green liquid, roll me an arcana check, please. That's a two. You're not sure why, but nothing seems to be reacting with this liquid. Reacting? Yeah, so you're touching, this li- you're touching this liquid, but nothing's happening to you, but you're not sure why. Hmm. Just rub it into my fingers. Amrius, what do you think of this? Can I just hold it off as it... St- is it still on my fingers? Yeah, he just kind of grabs your hand, takes it a bit closer. Kind of sniffs it. With a natural 20. <laughs> I do believe that is water. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Odd water nonetheless, luminous green liquid for water, but yes, water. I think it's safer. Wipe so, my hands off from the thingy, and I go over to where this little movement is, just with my sunblade. So as you approach, you see uh, a figure kind of like hunched over slightly, well, quite a lot, kind of crouched in. You can see that this cage is far too small for them. Um, you, I guess you'd say that this figure, around about six foot-ish, um, they kind of have a human build to them, but as you're kind of like holding your sunblade up close, you can see that the hair colour itself is teal, and it's grown like below their shoulders. Looking again, you can see that it's kind of whitening slightly. And as you're kind of like looking up and down, this figure is kind of faced away from you. You can see that um, they are wearing a robe, a hooded robe, that at one point would have had, well, it still does, um, have a blue and black, a gold, blue and black pattern to it. But after being held captive here for who knows how long, um, it's kind of muddied or faded, it's damp. Uh, add to that, you can see just from the back, they seem to have some kind of um, leather boots um, going up towards their knees. And uh, again, they look like they've seen better days. You can kind of glance around and you see that this figure is also wearing gloves. Can I just give the... As I'm just holding the sunblade out, can I just give it just a bang just on the, on the cage to see if it reacts? Do you react? Hello? Who are you? Oh my! Who are you? <laughs> I asked. <laughs> I uh, I asked you that. Well, I know. Well, <laughs> I'm Azador. Sorry, I haven't seen anyone for quite some time. I I'm, I'm taken aback a little bit. I must admit. Okay, can you get me out? <laughs> As he's saying this and leaning towards you, you can now see the front of this this being, essentially. Um, and you can see he's got very pale skin, like very, very pale skin. Um, one of his eyes is the same teal colour as his hair, 
However, the other one, his right eye, is purely black, giving the impression of just like one giant pupil. And as he's kind of like leaning forward to try and get you to let him out, you can just kind of glance under the robe that there's another series of fabrics that have deeper orange core into them. Strangely enough, you can see that, um, you can actually see that he's still got a weapon, he's got a short sword. They don't seem to have taken that off of him for some reason. What are you doing here, stranger? Very good question, very good question. I don't normally find myself in binds such as this, but oh, I, I just, honestly, I do not know. I don't know where I am. I don't know how long I've been here. There's no sun, no judge of time. Amrius, I just turned to Amrius. I think we've got a prisoner. Amrius kind of walks. Amrius walks forward and just kind of crouches. Kind of leans forward and squints. Oh, oh my oh. I must say, I did not expect to find any other living survivors down here. It's not often that a uh, court of death would do such a thing. Kind of like looks towards this, this creature. Hello there, my name is Lord Amrius Reap of Salt Harbour. Who might you be? Why, hey, pleasant to meet you. I am Ezidor, at your humble service. You look like an intelligent sort. Hmm. Amrius just kind of like shuffles up a little bit. Yes. Tell me, Ezidor, how did you find yourselves to be confined within, uh, well, within this temple? Well, I don't know. The, the last thing I remember was I was out adventuring. I was uh, rescuing a load of baby orphans from a beholder. And next thing I know, just the lights went out as quick as a flame snuffed from a candle. And I wake up here. I've been here for, I don't know, I could not say. <laughs> I was going to say, can I roll to see if he's telling the truth? You can, you can roll insight. Ezador, would you like to roll persuasion or deception, your call? Uh, right now, you don't have to tell us which one you're rolling. You just have to tell us the result. Okay. Oh, I've got it. Oh, is it insight again? Um, insight, yeah. yeah. Uh, 12. Oh, 13. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so both Amrius and Gregor are just kind of like leaning a bit closer, like fully infused about this story. Oh, you're... how odd. Oh, very, very odd. But nonetheless, a riveting tale. Tell me, uh, if you were to be released upon, uh, released from your confines, would you uh, be interested, perchance, in... You see, myself, uh, Gregor here, and... Uh, uh, I just nod my head at him. The fellow behind us, Raynor. The fuck are you guys doing? Ah! And also their pet dragon, Bimit. Uh We are part of a large expedition group, uh, journeying through this temple, and we find ourselves... Uh, a couple of men short, unfortunately, we ran in some dreadful business. Um, so, I do not know how well you are able to handle yourself, but would you perchance be interested in uh, becoming our bodyguard, essentially, for this? 
I would not be a trouble. I didn't even know I was in a in a temple, to be honest with you. You seriously do not know me. No, should I? <laughs> I'm Ezidor. Ezidor. I'm known by many names, I would say. I've been known as Ezidor the Mighty, or Ezidor the Stealer of Women's Hearts. <laughs> Can I roll another insight, see if I know. <laughs> you can. Ezador, the procurer of all knowledge. That's a 20, not. So you've not heard of him, but you can tell that he might be exaggerating some of these nicknames. I just, just look at him like... But I tell you what, if you let me out, I can assure you good fortune will follow you. Whether it be wealth, fame... Well, I just turned to. I was going to say, I just turned to Amber as well. We do need some more bodyguards. Yes, yes, very well. Uh, Gregor, if you would be so kind as to uh, pop open the gate, as it were, I believe a dragon of your, a dragonborn of your kind, should be of your stature, should be able to just rip the gate open. Yeah, can I? I'll just, I'll just put my son Blair just. Close that up, and I just grab both of it with both hands and try and yank yeah. it. Roll me a strength check, then, please. Ten. <laughs> you kind of yank, and it just kind of. Um, as you're doing that, Rena just kind of walks up. Fucking hell! Never send a dragon or a dragonborn. I guess. Kind of looks towards Bennett. <laughs> uh, to do an elf's work. You grab this side, I'll grab the other side of the door and we'll both yank at the same time. Got it? Can I assist? And are you assisting as well? Yes. <laughs> How are you assisting, Ezidor? I'll push in from the inside as well. <laughs> okay, um, Ezidor, roll me a strength check then, please, first. Six. Okay, Raynor will roll a strength check. Um, also depends what his strength modifier is then. Uh, okay, Gregor, roll with advantage this time, strength check. Nineteen. I got roll two fifteen. So yeah, you kind of just and you hear the splitting of wood as you kind of yank this door cage off and you throw it behind you and it lands on the other side with a clattering sound. As it does, it hits another cage. You, want to, you, you can either still focus on the chap in front of you or you can see, you can have a look to see where this door has landed essentially. No, uh, no, I'm looking, I'm looking at... Uh... Sorry, what's your name again? Oh, freedom! It's Ezidor! How do you spell that? Uh, e? <laughs> Z? A D O R. You're a man Edidor. of. You're a dragon of detail, I can appreciate that. <laughs> I just. I just. Put my hand out just to help him out of the cage. 
So yeah, you, can, you kind of help Ezidar out, and Ezidar is you kind of like, you stand up, you feel your bones cracking. You're not quite sure how long you've been in that cage for, but it feels almost like a lifetime. Oh, I do swear, I must have been in there for a lifetime. But like I say, I couldn't really know. I must extend my humble gratitude. You won't regret it. <laughs> I'm sure we won't. I'm Gregor. Then I just point behind me. This is Bimit. Ah, Bimit, you say? <laughs> Bimit notices you pronouncing the B very clearly and just kind of nods his head enthusiastically. Oh, a fine creature. Just You're not of, uh... intimidated by dragon? No, not at all. Fascinated, I would say. I must, if Bimit would be so kind, let me study him. I mean, how fast can you fly? Study how? Well, observe, ask you questions. Very well, but not in tempo, not to feel. Study. Okay, so I can see you're a wise dragon. I just turned to Bebet, just give him a pat. It's like we've lost a couple of our, a couple of friends on the way. Oh, unfortunately, lost. so we're not feeling in the right frame of mind to be. Yeah, then it kind of nods sadly at the same time. Oh, heavy-hearted, are we? Yes, unfortunately, but that's the job we took on. As you guys are chatting, Raynor kind of pushes... As as Ezidor's about to open his mouth, Ezidor, um, Ezidor, uh, Raynor kind of just, like, pushes Ezidor slightly as he walks by. Not anything too aggressive, just kind of wants to get into the room itself. Yes, Lord. Don't speak to me about loss. I've, I know about loss. We all know about loss. Now, how about we make a choice, north or east? We've still found nothing apart from Mr. Blue Hair over there. Yes, yes, we'll get going. We'll get going. As he, as he does, he kind of walks by a quite a bit smaller cage and he kicks it. It kind of like lifts into the air and clatters into a bunch of other cages. As it does, you do notice that something inside that cage seems to have been thrown around a little bit. Oh. Is being thrown about. So the cage itself, the small cage itself, or the smaller cage itself, that Raynor like poofed across the floor. You can see something kind of bounced around in it. Uh, can I roll for an insight? Not an insight. Uh, can I roll to see if it was humanoid or something like that? Your perception, then, please. It's kind of. It's now landed in the northern doorway essentially so it is being lit up by quite a lot of this green glowing liquid sorry what uh, roll in, uh, investigation perception oh, perception can I check do I have any of my stuff well, other than my shorts not at the moment no uh, 12 was that yes um, oh actually sorry Ezador you also have your trinket with you oh um, roll me a roll me a history check, please, Ezador. What did you get again? Sorry, um, Gregor. I got a twelve. 
you're not sure if it's humanoid or not, but you reckon it can't be much bigger than about three and a bit feet. A lot, is it? Alive. It's kind of moving around slightly. It, it's not moving around a lot, but it's moving around enough that it it seems like it was disturbed from some kind of sleep after being kicked halfway across the room. Uh, Amrius, I think we've got another prisoner. So I walk towards the little cage. Okay. Uh, Esadar, what did you get? Uh, 15. Um, you're aware that you had more items to um, to yourself when you came in. Um, the cult, the cult members that brought you in, um, they did kind of like pocket all of it into a big bag and they headed up north. Um, what were you doing again? Sorry, Greg, are you were kind of directing? Yeah, I was walking towards, I just said to Amrius, we've got, I think we've got another prisoner and just headed towards where the cage was like bumped and I saw the little mug. So Amrius, yeah, very well, go, go check it out, dear boy. I will, uh, I'll keep Esador company as he is, uh, re-customising to being a free man. And as you approach the small cage, you can see, yeah, a small little figure inside. It's kind of started to push itself up a little bit, although it's not really able to move too much in the cage itself. You can see that it is a very small being with thin, long, shaggy golden hair. Its skin, similar to Ezidor's, is very pale. Uh, it's wrinkled and grey. You can see that this creature doesn't seem to have much weight to it at all. Um, roll me a nature check. Nature? Natural one. Gonna be one of those sessions. Yeah, I think so. It's already been one of those sessions. You think it might be a dog? I think there's a little pooch in here. Hello? Does the little apparent pooch answer back? <laughs> oh, it's, it's you! This dog talks! I'm not a dog. You're not? Oh. You kind of look like one. I'm a gnome! Ah, no. <laughs> and I've been following you everywhere. Um, I look confused. <laughs> I was going to say, Koo can also have Gregor roll a constitution save as he is reminded of certain things, potentially. Uh, me? You want me to roll a constitution save? Constitution save, yes, please. As you've just been told that you are looking at a forest now. That's a nine. Your eyes glaze over um, as this forest gnome is saying that it's been following you everywhere. As you start hearing fire crackling and the screams of hundreds of forest gnomes that you slaughtered in the five year campaign. You take, you take three points of damage, of, of morale damage essentially. <laughs> Three points of damage. Yeah, yeah as, you're, as you're remembering the scenes in Erebor of burning down a forest, you're not sure, you're not even sure of where this forest was. 
you know it was near one of the largest cities, you know that there were planes nearby, and you know that you helped slaughter a, a community of forest gnomes. <laughs> I just go straight to bed. <laughs> uh, I just look in shock at the gnome. Surprised that anyone survived. Is no no, res- no response. I I helped slaughter your people. <laughs> Straight out and tell you. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. <laughs> I ba- I basically I can shock like seeing what I saw is. Yeah, sorry. Did you just did you just tell this gnome that you slaughtered his people? <laughs> yeah, in shock. <laughs> Uh, small little gnome that we don't know the name of yet how do you react to this (laughs) did you now (laughs) well then I guess we are not friends (laughs) I just turned to Amish there's nothing over here we'll go on Uh, roll deception. No, I'm, j- I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> See that? Thought you were being serious. Dragonborn's a little bit peculiar, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does seem to be like that at times. I believe he may be a, uh, a war veteran. You know how they are. Oh, well. Yes. Can Can anybody let maybe let me out? Can we Can we hear that? <laughs> can we hear that? Uh, yeah, Amory's just kind of. What the bloody hell was that? I just can I just walk away and just turn to Amaris. There's there's a prisoner back there. Oh, release him then. I. I just turn Wait, back around. Why would you not just, release a, a captive? Yeah, I just turn back around. Just quickly, just try and rip up open the. Yeah, Romeo, strength check them, please. That's a sixteen. Yeah, the, with it being a much smaller cage this time, you kind of just grab it and just kind of like eat pretty much your arms on either side, just kind of and split the cage in two. This little nerves kind of drops to the floor. Ah. So you're not going to kill me now? I just, I'm still looking like very like, I've basically seen two of my comrades die and then seen like a pretty much a ghost from the past. No. Well, seeing a gnome again, actually. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm not here for you. I'm here for that. I'll just turn and look at Bimit. What do you want with Bimit? Bimit's eyes just kind of widen a little bit. Why? I've been following your group. My group. The days. Why are you in cage you've been following? I got put in a cage after that forest outside. I was trying to, I was I was trying to keep keep up with you. Why were you following us? I just told you. Because of this, you have a dragon. And this dragons haven't been seen for centuries. And you have one? 
Of course I'm going to follow. I'm, I'm interested. Raynor are now approaching this small little gnome. I'm just kind of like crouches down. Yes, it has been quite some time since a dragon has been seen in these lands. But it's been a very long time. Yes, centuries, as you said, but why would you not turn heel and run? Most people would be faced with a group with a dragon. Well, I'm not going to get very far, am I? Tell me. You must have seen your captors. I did not see the captors. No, like I said, I was in the forest outside of this mine. Shame, shame. I shall sure know. You know I'm, I'm, I'm watching you enter this village, this town, metal. And I was about to follow, and all of a sudden, I'm out cold. Nothing. Don't remember anything. I must have been clubbed. I wake up, and I'm inside one of these cages. And here I am, but now I'm really close to you. And now look at this. Look at this. I want to try and touch Bimit on the, on the side. Bimit growls. Like there's, very there's, loud growls. I there's more time. Alone. Yes, okay. there's more time for this. There's more time for this. Uh, Gregor, a word if you may. Hmm? Uh, I would like you to speak in private, please. Yes. If that is, he just kind of, he's still kind of crouched down next to this gnome. If that is quite alright with you, we would just like to, uh, discuss what your potential role might be. Within our group, if you want to. My, to, my, uh, my role? Well, yes, I do not believe you can just leave a, uh, a creature such as yourself. Defend for themselves. Obviously, you cannot. You cannot look after yourself. You are not out control, can you? Oh, that would be amazing. I thank you, yes, sir. Thank you. If you would, if you would just wait here a second. Um, Ezador, uh, would you and Raynor? It's your first task, I guess, for our group. Would you mind keeping an eye on? Uh, what, what was your name again? I never said my name. What is your name? Oh, of course, my name is Dix. That's D-I-X. For sure. Well, Dix, my name is uh, Lord... Um, well, no, technically I'm not a Lord. Hmm. I will have to change that to get one. I am... Um, uh, I am Blair. Blair. I cannot speak, apparently. I am Amrius of the House Reap from Salt Harbour. I'm currently on an expedition with my son, Epchar, who is elsewhere. Our current section of the group consists of myself, our bodyguard, Gregor the Last. Uh, unfortunately, this moniker seems all too apt nowadays. Uh, along with our uh, another bodyguard of ours, Raynor. Raynor just... You're yes, yes. very I'm small. I am very small, yes. yes. Uh, I'm familiar with your group. I've been following. Where are the... Where are the, the, you? You feel you appear to be two companions short. Well, I just walk away at this point. Yeah, Gregor is now walking back with Amrius. Oh uh, heavens! What happened? Well, that's a bit of a touchy subject. One of them lost their arm by a mimic, and then I guess because it was in a, I'm not too good with 
medicine and stuff, but I guess a vein or something, because it's got blood. And the other one, oh wow, but this guy was a monk. He couldn't hold his temper that well, though. Not the greatest A monk that but, couldn't uh, hold his temper? Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, the bar, he shame. couldn't get laid. What a shame. Yeah, they were both I would have liked to have met him. Yeah, the bard who couldn't get laid and the monk who couldn't hold his temper. What a card. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, this monk got been in two oh. by the exact same mimic. The same? It wasn't that, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, though. So, uh, you this, see that this, big this, dragon this, guy? This only just happened. Yeah, about five, ten minutes ago. Maybe half an hour. I don't know, time is weird down here. But uh, the big dragon guy and the actual dragon... It was their group. He's first to the last. So, uh, maybe don't bring up that. And also don't say any puns like, let's give him a hand, or he's half the person he used to be. Because I did that, and it did not go down well. No, no, it's such a horrible thing to say. Well, I thought it was funny. How about you, Ezra? I... If you saw someone get their arm bitten off, would you lend them a hand? I, I believe you were trying to uh, lighten the mood. <laughs> nah, I was being a cunt. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> what I do, and it. <coughs> At this, uh, we'll go back to Amaris and Gregor as Amaris has kind of led you away to the darkened corner of the room. What do you think of the uh, Deeks? Was it Deeks? Deeks? Dicks. Do you believe? How are you can able I... to hear me? We're on the other side of the bloody room. Oh, I can hear everything. <laughs> Just kind of leans in closer to Gregor. I think we can trust him. Uh, can I work roll a... Can I have a look at Dicks and Just roll a quick insight. Can I also roll to see if I can still hear them? <laughs> okay, roll... Um, hang on, I... Dix, do you have anything that would, any abilities or all like that, that would allow you to hear further? No, I just made a boo boo. <laughs> you just made a boo boo? Yeah, I just made a boo boo. Roll perception with disadvantage. Um, Gregor, you can roll insight. Four then for me. You can't hear them. It's amazing Natural that you 20. can hear them in the first. Okay, so what exactly are you trying to figure out about Dix? Is he trustworthy? Like, for, especially for me, because I may have told him that I've slaughtered his people. Okay, so... Because this was kind of a bit of an emergency, I as the GM do not fully know about dicks. However, what I will do is this. Who is clicking on the map for start? Not me. Oh, that's all. Um, what I will do is this. Dicks... You do not have to tell if, if, sorry, Dix, if you've been lying, if you told a single lie, you have to tell us that it was a lie, but you don't have to tell us what was the lie. Okay. Have you, so since we've met you, have you told a lie? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Have you, um been threatening at all. Have I been threatening? No, no, sorry. Have any of your words have had ulterior motives? 
Again, you don't have to tell us what they are, just if they have. Because we got a 20, I'm going to have to ask like one or two questions here. Um... Only as a means of trying to get a foot in the group. Okay. Um, Gregor, you don't believe he poses any imminent risk to yourselves. You don't believe he's told any outright lies or anything like that. Um, similar to Ezador, you know, like when Ezador was saying about all of these different names and stuff, you're like, hmm, something's not quite right. You believe the same with Deeks, but not, not necessarily in a malevolent way. Just kind of trying to fit in, essentially. Ah, to be honest, I think this gnome is... I think he's been telling the truth. I think he's... I think he's be trustworthy. Just kind of like a bit of a... snarl on my face, really. I don't really want to nub me. With an A, Amrius doesn't even notice that. Oh, trustworthy, you say? Okay. Um, very well, we will... Deeks, how can you hold your own in combat? Well, I'm not the strongest, but I am a wizard. A wizard, you say? A wizard. Uh, we don't currently have those. You don't have a wizard in your group? No, no, no. We've got. We have. There Gregor we are. Here, there we are, like, sir. There we his are. Hand on Gregor's shoulder. But a cleric is not a wizard, so... Okay, very well. If we find ourselves in combat, I believe what we should do is... Uh, well, if you retain towards the back and let some of the bigger, bigger ones of the group uh, take the physical front, you can protect us from the rear with your magical spells, unfortunately. Yes, I'm wonderful with magic. You will see. You will see. I appreciate everything you've said today, sir. I'm going to extend my oh, hand not... to him and just go, Hello there, little dick. <laughs> Hello to you. It's, it's dicks, but just put this wrinkly old hand up here with an arch right down. Uh, kind of like the dominant like... kind of. Have a different same. It's nice to meet you. And you're Ezador? Is it Ezador head? Ezador, yes. You are Ezador. You're a delightful little fellow. And you're, new, you're, you're new just like me. I am new. Excellent. Well, not in life, but to the group, yeah. No, no, no. None of us are new in life. Can I it's just have a look and see all. if there's any more prisoners in the cage? Yeah, roll me a perception, please. <laughs> So, what did you get, sorry, Gregor? I got a nine. You are unable to find anyone, I'm afraid. This is exciting. Indeed it is, on another wizard, eh? Yes. Does this mean I, 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 I can ride the dragon? Amaris kind of looks over to Gregor. I am going to relinquish uh, authority to you over Binit. I mean, Binit has his own autonomy, but uh, I believe it might be wise for us to uh, allow you to make the decisions for him. Binit. 
And you let a gnome ride you. Let it buy me dinner first. No, uh, Can I hear that? No, no, that was a joke. That was not canon. Get right. <laughs> <laughs> out. Bimit has only allowed kin to ride upon Bimit. Little gnome is not kin. No. No, I am not kin. But I mean you no harm, I promise. Mm. If not today, then... If not today, then maybe in, maybe another day. Me. But I promise you, I mean you no harm. Uh, do I... S- uh, I don't see anything else in this room, so I'm just going to just walk out. Yep. As you're head- are you heading north or east? So there is... Another- uh, I'll reveal a little bit from where you can see at the moment. There is a small hallway leading up north um, from where you are. And you can also see that on the east side, so away from the rest of the carts and everything like that, there appears to be another hallway. Um, another. Another hallway. Um, it seems longer than the northern one. But again, just like the northern one, you can't actually see the room that it's leading out into. I was going to say, do I notice this, these two hallways? Yeah, yeah, you've been able to tell since you kind of got into the room because these um, the sconces on the side um, of the walls both have that kind of sickly green hue to them, like like all the other um, like all the other ones, basically, all the other rooms have had these green sconces. These do too, and they're just kind of like little passageways of light. Amrius, we've got two hallways before us. Um, do you think it's wise if we split up? Let me take a uh, head count here as to who we have at the moment. Uh, we have myself in archaeologist. We have you, who is our bodyguard, and Finnick, who is pretty much going to go with you regardless of whether or not he is a uh, working member of the group or not, as it were. Um, we have Raynor, who is a bodyguard, and of course we have our two newest additions, Ezidor, who has so graciously agreed to be a bodyguard, and uh, Dix, who is uh, a wizard, so sort of a bodyguard, but also sort of a wise one, I would assume. I don't know. Do you? Can you, uh, you? Would you like? You'd like me to be a bodyguard? You know, wizard. Or, uh, I am a wizard. Yes. Is it offensive magic or defensive magic that you that you practice in dicks? It's both. Very well. Well then, yes. Not so much as a bodyguard of sorts, but uh, someone who can handle their own that does not need to be looked after by Gregor or Ezidor. My my uh, my traits are mainly, I'd say, creativity and exploration. But yes, I could try and be part. Let's let's just take a couple of days, a few days, and let's see what where I fit into the most best. My dear gnome, we do not intend to be in this temple for more than a few hours. Never mind a couple of days. <laughs> Unfortunately, once this expedition is over, I believe most of us are going our separate ways. 
Oh. Well, okay. Let's just see what happens then. Very well. Um, to answer your question, unfortunately, uh, I do not believe it would be a wise idea to split a I do not believe it would be wise to split up once more. Right, so where should we head? Should we go north or should we go east? I believe that might be your choice, my dear boy. I would personally choose to go north, but uh, as the bodyguard, as the, the main bodyguard of this group, hey, as the main bodyguard of this group, I would uh, trust your judgment. Let's head north. Very well, very well. Let us. Let us the posh word I was going to say. So let us head northern again. So the how many of you are there now? Six of you? Five of you? There's five of you. No, there's six. The Raynor's there as well. Uh give me this. Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, yeah. Um, the six of you head upwards and as you do you pass through another another short hallway the one Gregor that you had spotted before and you find yourself in a dark room a dark room which and you're going to love my uh, characterization here but it's much darker than any other room so far in the temple um, the only light that's penetrating from this darkness is the kind of glow of the sconces um, behind you. You can kind of make out a circular shape in front of you, um, barely visible at all, um, but because of the metal bars that are kind of across it, it's reflecting these green sconces and you can see that it, it, it is completely flat to the floor, but it looks from the direction that you're at to be kind of like a grated pit of some sort. There's also, as you're kind of approaching this room, a foul smell that pretty much assaults your nose as you approach the room. You're not quite sure what it is, but it seems to be coming, emanating from this circular shape. It smells rotten. And you can also yeah. you can also make out a distinct dripping noise coming from the rear of the room. Whatever it is, it's dripping into a well-established puddle, with each drip hitting more liquid instead of solid ground itself. I'll just slowly take out my sunblade again and just. So as you, you can see that the room itself is, because yeah, you can see immediately the five foot in front of you, but the light is kind of emanating out of it. You can see it's quite an expansive room. Um, it's yeah, it, it's the size of a couple of houses put together. Well over half the space though is taken up by this large, deep well. Um, the bars on this well seem dark red. And there seems to be stuff stuck to these bars as well. Um, you can't really, from the distance where you are from the well at the moment, you can't see into it. Um, but behind it, um, it looks to be almost like a torch chamber. Even with your light on, with your sunblade on, you can almost not see anything in this room it is almost completely black. You can make out a couple of um, you can make out a couple of shapes which might be torture racks. There's a couple of glints off the wall which might be weapons on racks. 
but yeah, it is pretty much dark. You can see towards the back that there's more blood stains. There's an axe embedded into the wall. Some rats around. Can I see more with dark vision? Uh, you've got dark vision. How far does that extend? Dark vision for me as well, 60 feet. Okay, 60 feet. Okay, I'm just gonna have to turn something on very quickly. Done. Figure like, oh no, we're in London. Because we're not, it's just so that I can figure out the. Um, 60 feet, you say? 10. Oh, well, that's helpful. Oh, that's fine. I, I literally just said this, Google. <laughs> Thanks. I was turning the cell opacity up so I could figure out the distance. Um, so both of you can just about see with your dark vision past the pit itself, past the well itself. So yeah, you can make out a couple of um, you can make out a couple of shapes in the distance. So to the north west, there seems to be a set of four tables fully to the west so like literally just next to you in the entrance way are some shackles on the wall to the east there's a couple more of the cages that you guys were found in you can't see all the way to the back of the room but you can also see in the north east just beyond the pits is a couple of chests lined up against the wall you believe that well I'll let you decide what you believe about these chests. Which you guys have had some rollicking time for chests. Uh, yeah, can I just walk over? Yeah, just walking around the pit until I get to the, like the far side of the pit. Um, which, when you say the far side, do you mean just yeah? Okay. So yeah, as you're there, walking, yeah. as you're walking around this pit, just putting my like uh, some blood just over the pit, see if I see anything as I'm just walking around it. Okay, so you can see down into the pit from where you are. You can see that it's constructed of many stone pieces, but all of the stones essentially become blood uh, bloodstained on both the exterior and interior. Um, it seems to descend quite deep. Quite deep indeed. However, because of the contents of the world, we'll say, it looks like there's only about a 20 foot drop with um, with blood taking the rest of it. Is there anything up, like uh, around the side of it, like a stone or something like that? It's pretty much almost flush against the ground. There's a couple of inches of stone raising it above, but it's almost like if you walked forward towards it, you wouldn't really have to have much of a step up. Yeah, I just keep walking around until I get to the other side. I'm going to see what's in the corner of these thingies. Just walking steadily towards Okay, so yeah, as you're kind of walking around where are you going again, sorry? Uh, I'll start in the left-hand side. See what's over to these vets. Can you highlight it for us, please, sorry? I thought they were men. These. Ah, uh, yeah. Can you just do it again for us one more time, please? Yeah, wonderful, sorry, I was just checking something. Um, okay, so yeah, as you're passing by and you're holding the light, again, you can see that these bars are covered in viscera. However, you make your way 
up towards the actual top left um, and yeah you can see that these these beds that you well, what you thought were beds are actually torture racks there's four of them and the source of the noise is right behind them there is what appears to be more blood just flowing out the wall one of these beds has definitely seen better days the one that's pretty much in front of the blood waterfall as it were um, the other one um, closest to you at the moment so next to the pit itself is just kind of blood stained but you do see that there is an axe embedded into it and the axe itself has a lot of blood on it I was going to say, can, do I tell if this blood's recent? Roll me an investigation check. Nine. You can't tell shit. <laughs> As he's doing this, um, Amaris is also kind of like just following behind you, just... What they do to our prisoners. I wonder if this is to do with the communion. Maybe there was a. Uh, maybe. I was going to say, do I notice, like. Uh, like, kind of torture chamber? I mean, you notice that it's a torture chamber. That, that is pretty much impossible not to notice at this point. Yeah, like, have you seen like a place like this before? You have. Not not like this exactly, but you've been in torture chambers before. But as you're kind of looking around with Amrius, uh, Deeks and um, Esador, what are you guys up to at the moment? Well, what's the good Oh, little Deeks. Yes? Do me a favour. Keep your eye out for a backpack, would you? I... Would awfully like to find that again. Uh, a back? You've you lost your backpack? Yes, well, I know that it was bundled off somewhere. They went down this way, I think. I don't know. But I wouldn't mind getting it back. He had a few trinkets of mine. A few whatnots. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I don't know which way we came in. Well, but I'll no. keep my eyes peeled for you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you very much, little dicks. Um, who else is who's closer to me closest to me that's not dicks so the only other person there at this point now is Raynor Vimit had kind of like what Vimit is pretty much keeping pace constantly now with Gregor um, yeah. Amrius followed behind him just kind of like in awe is the wrong word horror I guess passing by in horror at the scene around and um yeah, uh, Raynor's the only one that's kind of stood behind you. Right. Can I just then turn to Raynor? I've got... Raynor! Yeah? We... Well, me, I sort of can't really speak for the gnome, but I'm sort of longing for the sweet embrace of the sun. And yet, I feel like you are not after the exit. No! You'd be right there. You see? Okay. We are part. <laughs> Of a glorious expedition. Who are, uh. Amrius, what the fuck are we doing here? Uh, Amrius just turns around. We are searching this temple for information upon Mercury itself, uh, looking for artifacts, and, uh, I believe that Gregor's group, if 
before, most of them met their time to end, was looking for a, um, a plinth, plinth, was it? Yes, a plinth. Uh, we believe that it might be the one in the, uh, the main hall, but uh, unfortunately not. The uh, the one in the main hall was just sheer slate stone. It did not have the oral calcum needed to be a, uh, a plinth. So we are hunting for the plinth for them. That is the reason why they joined. And for myself and my boy, we're kind of looking for relics within here. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm the man for the job. I know all about plinths and oh. temples. Oh, please, in, enlighten us a little bit on, on plinths. We, we are... We are Do I hear so, this? Yes, you can hear. I just listen intently as I'm just looking at the torture chamber, like... Tables. We are kind of searching in the dark for these plims. Uh, all I know is, or a calcum, is part of this construction. But every god's plimp is slightly different. Yes, you'd be right there. They are indeed. The only way that we could perchance know one when we see one. What uh, what defining attributes are there to a plimp? What to a plimp? Yes. Well, it depends what kind of plimp you're looking for. Yes. Deity, yes, plinths are deities. They're they're a special kind. Come in many shapes and sizes. Oh, I've had much experience with plinths. I have. Can roll an insight for that as well, please. You can. I even had my own once. Huge it was. Twenty, not natural. <laughs> Amrius buys this, but Gregor. The second that he started saying he's had his own plinth once upon a time, it's bullshit. <laughs> and sorry, did I believe the rest? Or... No, no, the second that he started talking about having his own plinth, you realise that he doesn't know what the fuck he's saying about plinths. <sighs> uh, also, can I listen out for the where the blood's pouring out? Yeah, you can see it. I described it's behind the top left bed. Literally, it's kind of like a grate in the wall, and it's just kind of gushing out. And as you're kind of looking down, you can see that it's kind of like running close towards the well itself. Yes, I uh, it's, a, it's just a crate, so it's like a tiny thing. Yeah, it's just like uh, blood's coming down from it, like a mini blood waterfall, essentially. Yes, I knew you'd like this kind of shot. Um, I think we should. I think we should leave this room. Did you just say something to me, uh, Cazador? I'm looking round for Cazador. Cazador, <laughs> uh, whatever your name is. Tea me? Boy. Yeah, no, you, no. you said something no. about liking this room. Oh, that came out loud, did it? Well, well I'm... Uh, yes. It's okay. Nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it. No, not now. Raynor just kind of pushes by. There's some chests here. Your backpack might be in there. Oh. However, however, <laughs> be very, very careful with chests. Because one of them just took out this third of his group. Well, two thirds of his group. Yeah, I just walk out at that point. <laughs> uh, you don't. I'm going to have to hold you there for a second. Okay. Is there any stone near me? There's the stone work of the well. But yeah, sorry, Greco, I'm saying that you're not at the moment because you've been doing stuff up north while this has happened. Um, 
Yes, there's the stone well and the floor is all made out of the stone too. No pebble. No, no small pebble or all like that, no loose stones. Um, there's some chains nearby um, and there's some of the chests as well. Uh, chests, some of the crates are quite small. Mm, well, I'm gonna. Well, first I'll ask. Uh, uh, why? What? What was it with the chests? What? What could possibly have gone wrong there? Oh, it turns out some monsters are chests. Mimics, they're called. I don't know how long you've been down here for, but ah, mimics. Yes, yes. I've been down here for quite some time, but not beyond the cage. <laughs> I didn't even know I was in a temple. To be truth be told. How about you, Gnome? Did you know you were in a temple? No. Uh, very well, very well. Well, just observing. Let's see if these are mimics, I say, because I wouldn't mind getting my stuff back. There, there, there's some things in there I wouldn't mind procuring once more. So yeah, as you approach, as you walk around the well, then you're now a bit closer to where the rest of the group is. Raynor kind of is following behind. Um, uh, Deeks, are you following as well? Yeah, I'm just keeping out the back and just observing as we're going around here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're kind of like a level then with Raynor because Raynor is trying to basically keep his eye on both of you in case anything happens. Um, so, as a door, there are two chests. There's one slightly higher up the room. Basically, do you go for the one closest to you or the one furthest from you? I would like to check if it's a mimic. Okay, oh, uh, how are we going to Can do? I cast magic missile and do one on each of them? Yeah, um, would you like to tell the table how that works? Uh, I create three glowing darts, magical force, a creature of your choice, I choose the chest, that you can see within range. A 1d4 plus 1 force damage to its target. I can pick one, two, or three targets. Is that like a roll to hit as well, or is it just a straight up hit? Uh, you create three glowing darts, creature of your choice, the darts do simultaneously, you can direct them. Oh, one action. Instantaneous. Uh, I don't say. I think it's. I think it's a straight up hit. I think it's a straight up hit. Just says instant. Yeah. Okay. uh, Roll your damage then, as you're hitting both of them. Okay. So we'll be getting it twice, but it's not actually a fight, is it? No. So yeah, one D4 plus one, and then double it for the chests. One D4, one D4, I have one D4, and then double it, did you say? Oh, no, no, just add two of them onto one of them, sorry, because two missiles are like used to hit one chest. Alright, okay, so, so, so one's a three, one's a five, and one's a three. Okay, so one takes eight and one takes three. So one that takes three, the closest one to you, just kind of shatters slightly, just kind of and in it, as it shatters, you see Um Behold! So yeah, the second the second and third magic missiles kind of like ram into the second chest and just kind of like a and as it kind of shatters it, um, 
Dix, you didn't even realise at first you've kind of just been so happy to be out and amazed at the dragon. Um, but your items currently aren't on your person. And as you see Ezador, I'm assuming, run to get his bag of stuff, you realise that this chest that has just been destroyed by the other magic missiles, the other bag that's fallen out might just hold your stuff in it. Ah, my bag! Yeah, you run over, pick it up, open it, check it all out. Everything that you had when you got captured was in there. Ah, yes! Straight over the shoulder. Yeah. To the to the back of the room again. Yeah, just throw it over my shoulder, feeling chuffed. <laughs> As you do, um, so are you all starting to make your way back to the rest of the group? Essentially, the group over at the north end now. Um, Gregor directly in front of you. You can see another opening. Who can so? Well, if you if if you've all joined Gregor, then all yeah, of you can see this. Yeah, um, there's an opening to your east. There, it doesn't uh, No, 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 no. So you kind of you've you've all gone past the well, and you've headed right to the north end of the room. So on the eastern side there is an entrance to another hallway that you've not gone down yet. Or you can head back down south. Another tunnel. Maybe plinths. I'm going to just have a look in, see how far this corridor goes. Well, as you start taking a glance in, roll me a perception check, please. Sixteen. So you're kind of looking down and you can see again it's never like 30, 40 feet maybe. But sixteen you say? Sixteen, yeah. But as you're kind of looking down, you can sorry. As you're looking down, you can hear um just like further down. I don't see why we had to destroy the corpse. Like, why did we have to take it down to the crypt? Why can't that other little... Why can't that goblin do it? Brown face, fuck. You know he holds <laughs> much, much more authority than we do. He's talked to the great one. Well, yeah, but still. He's only joined us a little while ago. Can I just face... Nice. Can I just turn around look at everyone you go? Away slightly. How do Deeks and Ezidor crouch? Crouch. Not like needs to. <laughs> and Ezidor, how are you? Make it wicked, make him one and a half foot off the ground. I'm just gonna look at the gnome in confusion of why he's crouching. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you not trying to hide at all then at this point? Uh, I, to, uh, not really. <laughs> so Ezidor is kind of like stood. Um, is, kind of is like everybody else. Is everybody else hit? Have you wait, Gregor? No, I've just turned around just went. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else seems to have kind of like quietened and crouched down slightly, as a you know, like a 
reaction from that, but yeah, both you and Gregor are now kind of like stood in the entranceway. Well, I hope he's not ascended, right? I mean, like, if the rest of them have all ascended, then what the fuck are we supposed to do? We can't... We're not priests. We, we can't do it. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to do the priest ritual. No. Nope, can't say I do. How about you, big guy? I'm now gonna crouch with dicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and Gregor, are you also? Are you also? Yeah, crouching? I'm just. Yeah, I'm crouching as well. Okay, everyone, roll me stealth checks then, please. And whereabouts in the room are you hiding? I'll let you all. Uh, I'm just hi- just there uh, next to the wall. Do you know where it's going into the thingy? Just you know, just against the wall. Okay, I get you. Four for me. Uh, okay. Natural one. <laughs> I think I'm going to change my dice. Yeah, I think you guys need to change dice. I've uh, not done anything above an eight today. Um, so, uh, Deeks, where were you hiding again? Sorry. Well, I was, I was at the back already. Yeah. So, whatever is the closest wall, either on the right or left side. Okay, I'll say that you're pretty much... You're further down the room than Gregor is, but you're in the same line as Gregor. Amrius is trying to hide behind one of the torture chambers, and he is successful in doing so. Quite successful. Um, Bimit using his claws is trying to scale up onto the ceiling like almost dangling upside down he's kind of successful doesn't look like he's going to hold on for long um Raynor is taking a similar route to Amrius is hiding literally next to Amrius very badly he's kind of like poking his head out um Ezador, what did you get sorry Three. <laughs> Three, and where are you hiding? Uh, I might as well just stand next door to Amrius. <laughs> okay, so the three of you are kind of like hiding behind <laughs> this torture chamber, uh, torture, torture table, sorry, right at the end edge of the room. However, um, because there's three of you and it's only a short table, both um, Raynor and um, Ezador are kind of like poking out slightly. <laughs> um my plan though Gregor as you kind of like slam against the wall to try and hide you kind of into a bunch of chains hey what was that I think did something come for a noise from the proper room I think guys I don't think we're alone here it could just be it could just be um, the, the goblin guy and the rest of the group could be but I don't think it is they've already popped off no doubt and Can I make the sound of a bat? Do bats make noises? Yeah. The squeak. (laughs) (laughs) Roll roll me a performance check with disadvantage, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Nibble. (laughs) Nibble. Nibble, nibble. Seven, eight, nine. (laughs) 
we roll back to a real day. I was going to say with disadvantage as well. Oh. Yeah. Point. <laughs> Let's try my real dice anyway. Eleven. <laughs> so nine. So as you're kind of making this noise, you see a small little. You see a small little halfling run out, followed by another halfling who runs out directly behind him slightly behind him is a slightly behind this guy uh, this little halfling is he's running through you also see kind of like an armor clad um, being basically um, kind of like clunking his way through just and you can hear from the sounds of it there might be another one behind him too has he noticed us? <laughs> yeah the second that the back cry came out we're really not alone here guys just, just spread out and the second you see anyone and he's, as he says that and he's kind of turning around the second you see he comes face to face with Gregor and Ezador just kind of like pressed up against the wall and as he is um, as he's kind of looking there and seeing him face to face the other one, the kind of more gruff spoken one has just kind of walked into the room just before the um, just before the torture tables and you can see Raynor and, uh, sorry the one who walked in first can see Gregor and Deeks, and the one, the more gruff-spoken one, who is now looking at the torch tables, uh, torch table, sorry, can see Raynor and Ezador just kind of poking up. Uh, uh, guys, guys, now, now, and these two lumping, armor-clad, hulking, moaning beings kind of clump their way through followed finally by a robed figure this robed figure is not saying anything as he walks into the room he seems kind of calm everyone roll initiative sorry guys if you hadn't have failed the saves quite as badly you might have been able to get a quick drop yeah. on them two Twelve. Two, twelve. Okay, give me one second. I just need to load. This is why I'm trying to get the spell slots in. Cause it's annoying that because I spent Ooh. ages putting them in before. Natural they just disappeared. 20. So Ezador is natural twenty. Gregor, what are you? Uh, two. <laughs> two. Deeks, what are you? Twelve. Twelve. In it. Um, why are you doing twelve? You, do you add your initiative as well? Yeah, you've got an initiative bonus. Sorry, that's a four then for me. Okay, so that's four. It doesn't really change the order at the moment. Bimit is... Oops. 
to 16. Amrius. Sorry, it's the, the great thing about having so many characters at the moment. Amrius is a... Isidore, what is your dexterity? It's just straight of dex number, not the dex modifier. Uh, 11. Okay, so this boy's gonna go first then. Okay, so our order of combat then is Fanatic 1, then Isidore, then Amrius, I believe. Then Bimit. Uh, then Deeks. Then Raynor. Then Night One. Then Attic One. Mage One. Night Two. And then finally, Gregor. So, first off then, in our order of combat, we have Fnatic 1. So, this chap just kind of uh, looks across the group. He sees that... Um, he sees that Deeks and um, Gregor are kind of like pressing against the wall. Just turns back to his group. We need to contain this very fast. We need to make sure that they don't find the others. Um, the shorter one is like, by any means necessary. By any means necessary. And at this, this cup fanatic is going to make his way over to what he believes is the easiest target. The small little dicks. <laughs> what I should also do now that we are in combat is to make it a bit easier for us to see distances you can tell we're in combat the grids come out so he is going to use a first level spell he just kind of starts waving his hands around and pulls a knife out does because I did not check the description here. And he is going to take a slash at you, um, Deeks. So, does a... 
Does a 13 hit? Yes. Okay. Well, this is how it's going to go. That's 50 points of damage. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so... Did I not get any stealth bonuses for being down there? I don't think you passed your stealth check. None of you passed your stealth check no. apart from Amrius. Do we not? No, Amrius was the only one who passed his stealth check. So now, unfortunately, uh, okay. you get no stealth bonus. I didn't. I, can, I didn't think I rolled a stealth check. I thought you did. I thought everyone had. I might have done. I might have just forgot about it. Uh, you take sixteen points of damage as he kind of like slashes down, and as he does, the knife digs in. The dagger digs in, and you can see looking down. You can see like this black mass just spread out immediately across you. That's it. You feel necrotic damage. Hmm. Um, right. Ne- uh, next up, we have Ezidor. Wow, well, if we must, it's been some time. I'm going to uh, draw a sigil and cast. Uh, I just add it a second, Blade Ward. Okay. Would you like to explain to the group what that does? Uh, it's going to do a sigil in front of me and it's going to give me resistance to bludgeoning, piercing and slashing damage dealt by weapon attacks to the next turn. Okay. And then... Yep. I'm going to... Ready... Action... Yeah. And just say, no, not yet, not yet. Okay, so next up then we have Amrius. And Amrius, um, seeing that in front of him, directly in front of him, is another fanatic. Amrius is going to. Amrys is going to hold his hand out and he's just going to start muttering incantations to himself and as he does you can see like the um, the runes that have been etched into his skin just start glowing slightly he lets out a burst of frost as it kind of like reaches out and covers this other fanatic as it covers the fanatic, it takes four points of damage, just kind of like freezing on it. You just say, ah, yes. Who was that on, sorry? The top that left. This chap here. Yeah. Okay, so at this point, Bimit, who has been kind of, um, hidden pretty much on the roof you see that he's kind of made his way directly above where um, 
where the fanatic that was attacking Dix was. And he drops down. Just behind it. And he is going to... Right on top of us. I was going to say, it was right on top of it at first, but yeah, probably, probably best not to do that. need to find his. So he he kind of like takes a large slash across. And you can tell that the death of Ivok and Rag has weighed heavily on him as he has got a nat 20. Yay! <laughs> nice. <laughs> Go bim it! <laughs> he kind of like slashes down and this other fanatic turns around and as he does he kind of like catches him by the neck and just kind of drags it down he deals 19 points of damage to him and so this this uh, fanatic just as the blood starts gushing out of his wound a little bit then it raises another claw this time though he does manage to miss it just kind of like chinks off like the arm of this vanai, but he kind of raises his mouth wide open, like saliva dripping from his mouth. And And he he managed to clamp directly onto the wound that he already um, that he already opened up. And as he does, you can hear more crunching as he bites deeply into his neck and and as he goes he kind of rips upwards and tears his chunky blood out and deals another 7 points of damage this fanatic is bleeding heavily he's kind of like slumped over as the blood is gushing from this wound so next up Diggs we are up to you as this this dragon that you've been trying to ride drops down Slashes the fanatic that attacked you and just rips a chunk out of his Right, he's still standing, yeah. He is. He doesn't seem to be. Um, doesn't seem to be doing too well, though. Right. Um. So. Burning hands, then. What does that I'm do? I'm going to cast it at third level. Okay. Uh, it's basically a sheet of flame shoots forth. Um, a creature. Oh, it's a bit annoying, absolutely. Cone. What, what would you class a cone as? Um, what's the... Areas of cones. So yeah, no, but a... how big is it? What's the area of effect 15, for the cone? 15 feet. So, um, let me get a shape draw. Would that be four squares in a square? So 15, you say, so that's... Where yeah, are you? So You're here, are you, sir? Yeah. One, two... There we go, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. I'd class it as that. I'll just do that. Oh, wait. Oh, potentially. 
Something along those lines. Okay. So like three squares in front, three squares, that third, three squares in front, that middle square is the epicenter, so you've got one on either side, and then a line joining either side of them. All right, um, get this then. With me having high intelligence, yes. would you say that I already know that with this being a dragon next to me, he has um, resistances against fire? Roll me intelligence with advantage. Uh, intelligence, not intelligence. Yeah, be, um, um, in knowledge. No, it is, it's intelligence. It's just an intelligence plus, check, right? Yeah, just roll me an intelligence check with um, advantage. Thirteen. You suspect. You don't know for sure, but yeah. you, you see a dragon. Dragons breathe fire. Should be fine. Right, okay. Third spell burn in hands then. Um, so each creature in a 15 foot cone must make a dex saving throw. Um, yeah. Or damage will occur. Okay. Um, let's roll for fanatic one. That's a dex of 15 as well. Doesn't matter, he got a. <laughs> so as you kind of like bring your hands how are you how are you doing this sorry so it will be if it's a fair if it's a successful save it's half the damage okay um so this is i'm gonna do it my own way so i'm just gonna tip my hat and release this flame um it's a thin sheet of flame and anything in the vicinity that are flammable objects Will will um, engulf in flames th that aren't being worn or carried. Obviously, where you are at the moment, yeah, there's nothing that will get no. caught on fire. But as you like, kind of, yeah, tip your hat out, and the flame kind of spews out. This fanatic kind of like just looks up, like clutching his um, clutching his wound as it still spurts out. Just looks up and just kind of like rolls out of the way. Um, it does catch him still. How much does it deal? Let's have a look then. And as it does, Bimit bears the full brunt of this spell. So <laughs> 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 three extra, three last piece. No, it's gonna go. Oh, the little tyke has fire! Oh. <laughs> So half of that would be eight. Eight, okay. Um, eight points of damage, yeah. So, then it also takes eight, because yes, you are correct. He is resistant to fire. Yeah. But, so yeah, this fanatic rolls out of the way, and then it takes the entire brunt of it, and just, you hear, They don't know why they don't help. I apologize. Mm. See, you do. As you do though, and the fanatic tries to roll out the way, a little bit kind of like catches onto his leg, and it starts travelling up quickly, and you can see <laughs> as the flames consume him. And he perishes. So fanatic one is off the board straight away. Uh, we are now up to Raynor. So Raynor, 
And at this point in time, he can see the other fanatic that Amrius attacked. Um, he's kind of like trying to eye him over. Um, you can see he's kind of like conflicted, trying to think of what to do, thinking of different ways to do this. Then said, "Ah, fuck it!" Just pulls out his bow, racks up two arrows in it. His first one just flies straight forward and embeds itself directly in the fanatic's like chest, dealing five points of damage. The fanatic just kind of like takes a step back. <coughs> the second arrow just also just releases and goes straight into the the hulking knight. And that also deals seven points of damage. So it kind of like finds a little crack in the armor and just the this knight just kind of looks up towards um, Rayna and just is all that you can hear from it. Good Next shot, Rayna. We've got the lumbering knight at the back, just kind of clinks his way down. He's noticed that there is a dragon, there is a gnome, and there is what appears to be a human, so he's just clinking his way down. He notices Ezador. He raises his he raises his um, sword big great sword and he slashes down at you Ezador. Hang on, on me? Yeah, you. I thought I was on the left side with Reyna. No, you were on the right side with... Oh, wait, shit. Yeah, sorry. I was like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, Gregor. He can take a shot out of Ezador. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad that you pointed that out because we're not using accurate icons at the moment. I'm just like, I'm, I'm fucking everywhere. I'll make sure that we get we have accurate ones. Yeah, I think it's because she was meant to be there, wasn't you? Because you, you did it with me, crouched with me at the wall thing. Hmm. So, 20 hits, yeah? And yes. now 20 hits. God. Haha, dodged it. <laughs> yeah, you looked onto the other side next to Reno. Um, One of my skills. kind of slashes directly down Gregor and you're still you are still reeling from the loss that you've already had and the sword cuts directly into your arm and just drags down and kind of like pulls you forward with it and it mm-hmm. deals 24 points of damage but that is his go for now we are now he's <laughs> dead uh So we are up to the mage. This mage back here. He's just he actually retreats back slightly. So the the mage that was kind of like at the back end just actually retreats further in. 
and he's gonna. That's his go for now, I'd say. Finally, on the bad guys go, I guess. This hunk, uh, this hulking mass just plumps over, and this time he does actually go over towards Edador. <laughs> Raises up his large great sword. You just hear it. Can I use my ready action? What is your ready action? Is this on you? Dodge. Okay, how does that work? I was hoping you'd tell me. <laughs> Come on, you need, if you're ready in action, you need to know what it does, honestly, guys. I can look, I've got the book. But so, I thought you knew it, so I'd Not off the top of my head, it's disadvantage. Um. If you can see the ex- if you can see the attacker, uh, does a nine hit then? No. So yeah, you kind of like roll out the way as this this massive hulk just just swings down and embeds his sword into the torch cha- uh, torch table. Kind of, Do I move? Uh, we'll say you roll backwards into Raynor. You kind of dodge backwards. You don't actually move from your spot though. Finally, we are now up to Gregor. <laughs> well, after taking that pretty big hit, uh, I'm definitely below half my hit points. And as I'm just on the floor, I just look up. All of a sudden, I start seeing red. And I'm going to cast Cleric's Rage. Yep. So would you like to remind the table? Because it has been a long, long time since we've seen Cleric's Rage. Basically, anger replaces the pain and your vision goes red. When health is less than 50%, you can enter a bloodthirsty rage that lasts for 30 seconds, five rounds. Advantage on any attacks with an automatic critical hit, but disadvantage on defense, but any damage taken is automatically half. Ah, yes, I remember now. Okay, so, so I just, yeah. I just look at this, what was it called again? That is, um, you can just see that he looks like a knight. He's a he's a knight of this cult. I just look at this knight and just go, huh, huh, is that all you've got? And I'm just going to put straight into his chest and cast level level three guiding bolt. Okay, right. I'm hoping that it, I'm hoping it goes straight through him and into the other one at the other side. I need to load up guiding bolt to see if that's possible. But whilst I do that, um, roll your attack with advantage, please. It's a ranged spell attack. Um. Hmm. It doesn't say that it does do that, but it doesn't also say it doesn't. A flash of lightning streaks towards the creature of your choice within range. Make a range spell attack. Yeah, so make a range spell attack with advantage. Oh, yeah, I've got it. Uh, that's a 17. Okay, was that with advantage, yeah? Oh, with advantage, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Any attack you've got is with advantage. 17. So you press it against, and you kind of, like, try and blast it through, 
but instead the ball itself kind of like and kind of wraps itself around the knight before dissipating. Um. Unless you want to move, I'm afraid that is your go. If you move, though, bear in mind you will be having he an attack of opportunity. Yeah. Fuck. Um. I'm gonna have to stay. Can I? Um... Nothing else. God, is that really. a a a C Is there any chance I could do a bonus action and do a breathe fire weapon? No. You already did your bonus by activating your cleric's rage. Oh, yeah. Never mind, then that's all I can do. So then we are up to Cult Fanatic 2, then. Cult Fanatic 2 is kind of... He noticed what happened with Bimet, so if he can reach him... He cannot. So he kind of, like, tries to rush towards Bimet, just like... You murdered my comrade! How dare! Um, and as he does... Uh, I don't know if there's anything that can actually... reach him. Uh, da see, choose a humanoid. Uh, so he kind of pulls a dagger out... by the blade itself and just launches it at Bimit. As he throws it at Bimit... Bimit just kind of like drops to his haunches and the dagger passes by and um, Deeks, because you're so small as well, the dagger also just kind of zoom off the top of your head and dinks into the wall before falling with a clap behind you. We are now up to Ezidor. Ezidor, we're back to you. Right, okay, I am going to... Do you know, reactions, that would be a disengage attack as well, wouldn't it? Say that again, sorry? Like a reaction, that would be, like, do you know if I wanted to run away from you and you do that yes. opportunity attack, is that a reaction? That's a reaction. Uh, what, the opportunity of attack is a reaction? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. I am going to do shocking grasp. Okay. So I'm literally just going to touch him, and it's going to be lightning stri uh, springs to my hand to deliver a shock to a creature. Uh, you have advantage on the attack roll if he is wearing armour made of metal. Which he, he is, yeah. This, this is like full plate armour, essentially. Um, yeah. Okay, so what is your roll then? Well, it's on a hit. It's, oh, so it's like, oh, so I'm just going to punch him, basically. Oh no, I've got a sword. I'm going to use yeah, my sword. Yeah, you've got a short sword. <laughs> I'll use my short sword. I was going to say, you're so used to your previous just punching <laughs> everything, you forget that you now have a sword. Which is... Blades is a plus five, so... Oh, yeah. Well, it's an 18 before I've done any modifier. Either way, we've said that attacker um, attacker wins. So, all right, so I've hit him. Yeah, yeah, you've hit him. All right, so okay. as you swing down with your sword, roll your sword damage to begin with. 
That is my blades on the name, isn't it? Say that again? Is that the blades on the name? I no, don't think no, I've no. written... Oh, I am written the short sword down. Hang on. That, that one that you just read out is something different. Yeah, yeah, I just realised. Um, <laughs> I'm moving on. Uh, I didn't write my short sword details down. I do apologise. I'm going to have fine. to find it. It is the joy of using new characters. The first session is always slightly awkward. It's 1d6. Alright, oh, okay, cool. Plus any strength modifier. Plus my strength modifier. Oh, fucking hell, is this? Alright, plus my strength modifier. So that's five? Yeah. So you kind of like swing your sword down and it does actually make contact in again one of the little grooves between the plates but it just doesn't seem to do too much damage but as it digs in slightly you release, I'm assuming you release a lot of electrical energy around it? Yes, and the target gets 1d8 lightning damage. Okay, roll that 1d8. Five. So as you um, as the sword digs in and it kind of gives it as this like suit armor essentially just starts twitching and writhing around, um, it stops twitching after the electricity kind of dissipates again, and a little bit of smoke just rises. Um, we're up to Amrius. Oh no! Amrius. I wanna I wanna keep going. Yeah, got, got more. Right, that also stopped his reaction till the end of the next turn, so you can't take any reactions till your next turn. Okay. So I'm going to move. I can't move him. <laughs> oh, uh, give me one second. Uh, controlled by... You better go now. No. Okay, last one then. For some reason, your name is on here twice. Give it a go now. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna hop over to the side of him and yeah. go, are you ready? And then I'm gonna hop there, and then I'm gonna, and Say that now. again, you've, you've leant away from the camera, so I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I'll basically just say, are you ready? And then when I get to where I am, I'm just yeah. gonna go, now. And I want to change into the Phantom. Okay, so would you like to... I'm assuming that's a bonus action for you to change. That might be in my occult text detailing. <laughs> I don't think it would, but... Uh... What is your class called again, sorry? Huh? What's your class called again? Tager. Tager. I, I just need to check if you can do that in the same round. Well, this is like an extra attack I have, and I have a bonus uh, action as well. Oh, okay, then yeah, that's fine then, doesn't matter. So yeah, would you like to explain what the group sees then, as you kind of dodge around this knight? Okay, where I stand, you just see uh, my other pupil go black, uh, my other eye that is tilled also go black, You'll see my face start bubbling, 
and getting larger and larger and larger and then the cloaks fall off and I sort of just swell out into a big well a tentacled bit like an octopus but two tentacles much larger than the others the other six would be more like to move around than actually use but then these two tentacles are there to are basically arms with one eye like right in the center of a big bulbous head Okay, so yeah, that all happens. That all happens as you guys are witnessing this formerly kind of like poshish, mild-mannered, arrogant human, essentially, just transform into this gloopy, octopusy, tentacly kind of mass. Okay. We are now up to Bimit. Bimit. Amrius. Oh shit! Yeah, we are Amrius. Sorry, I skipped straight past Amrius. Amrius clambers over that, so that's double that, so that's 15. Yeah, Amrius clambers over the actual torture ta- table itself. He tries to get a good, a good line of shot, basically. He kind of raises his hand and pulls out a book, and as he's reading through it, you see a crossbow kind of like emits out of nowhere. Continues moving so that he is then in range of the knight that is currently attacking Gregor. And he's going to take a shot. Unfortunately, as he kind of the dart, uh, the bolt kind of passes between the um, armoured knight attacking Gregor and Gregor himself and just kind of dinks off the wall and clatters. Awfully sorry to you, boy. It's been a while since I've had to use this crossbow. I'm just focusing on the knight just with my cleric's rage so I've not even noticed. Just teeth are out now. That's fair. Bimit, in turn, is rushing to attack the other fanatic that was heading towards him back through the knight. Takes one swipe and the fanatic just kind of dodges around. Takes another swipe, kind of like dragging his paw across the floor, swiping upwards. That one does hit though. Um, and as it does, it kind of like catches in the stomach area of this fanatic and drags upwards. Six points of damage. So this fanatic kind of like takes a step back and as he does, just like before Bimit opens his mouth and just kind of tries to savage him. Goes straight for the side of the chest from the way he's already attacked as this wound is slowly starting to spread blood. Clamps his jaw straight down and um, similar to a dog trying to kill its prey, just kind of like starts writhing around. And unfortunately he does only deal a bunch of damage. So it kind of like just nips this fanatic in the side. Dix, we're up to you. Okay. So. I'm going to stay where I am. Yeah. And I'm going to cast Melf's Minute Meteors. Okay. Would you like to explain that one for us, please? Yeah, so. I'm creating six tiny meteors in my yep. space. 
They float in the air and orbit me for the spell's duration. It's a concentration spell, up to 10 minutes. Um, so... I've got to use an action to cast a spell, but then use a bonus action to move them. Okay. Um, once I use my bonus action, I can expend one or two of the meteors out of the six, sending them streaking toward a point or points that I choose within 120 feet radius. Um, I'll save the rest for the element of surprise, yeah, I suppose. So, because there's a blast radius on this, I'm only going to send it over to this matey in the corner over here. Can it travel around corners? Um, I don't believe that I would class that as a corner. I would. Um, That's why I've stayed here. So the wall goes here, here. Oh wait. The wall goes here, 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 and then it opens here. Oh, I can't see that on mine. Yeah. Ah. Let me. I'll draw that a bit better for you then. Sorry. I can only see that where that black square is, and I've positioned myself just just there. Right, yeah, no, I couldn't see that. So if I, if so, in that case, if I saw that, I would have moved to a different location. I'll let I'll let you move first, then. Yeah, sorry, that's my bad on that. All right, uh, can you give me access to the token, please? Have I not already? Yes, of course. I think I was probably halfway through that, and I just forgot about it. That's all right. Enjoy the post-COVID, guys. Get everything. Yeah, you've now got all access. Okay. So... Does he get an attack of opportunity if I pass him? Uh, which one's that? The one who is attached to Gregor. Uh, depends which route you take. If you go by his Gregor's right side, no. If you go by his left side, yes. You would do, yes. If you skim him, you're in a five foot, you get an attack of opportunity. Alright, so fives and... 20 25 there we go right so then I'm going to do that yeah go for it then sorry so I'm going to send it hailing yeah so you create two these, of them you create these six little meters around you how do you create them again how are you doing this are you chanting are you, uh, everything just... no no everything's a tip of the hat so yeah you just tip your hat and these Let, six tip of the hat and these six meteors just pop 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 Pop. Just pop out and start oh, well, circling and around Spiraling in an orbit around my head. Uh, around your head itself, okay? <laughs> He's gonna, and then you... He's going to rub his hands together. Send two. Straight down, line of sight. What does Cultmage have to do? So, he needs to make a dex save of 15. It's oh, as soon as it hits... So, as soon as it hits him... Yeah. It explodes, regardless of where the deck save or not. So it, they've exploded. Yep, yeah, it would just take half the damage, yeah. Okay, is that per comet as well? That is, a creature takes, uh, a creature within five feet of the matrix, so much to make it. just says must make a deck saving throw. Okay, in and which a creature case, yeah, it failed. Takes. It's failed, yeah? Yeah, it's failed that deck save. Okay. Right, so I'll roll damage. For each one. 
12 for the first one. So yeah, this cult mage who has turned and started to run is kind of like scrabbling behind and just like a... <laughs> as the first one strikes him square in his back and explodes, sends him flying forward as the second one makes impact towards the back of his head. Feeling... So it was... Second one is just three damage, that's 15 in total. Feeling another three points of damage. It doesn't do as much, it kind of almost glances off his head as it explodes, but it sends him sprawling onto the floor. He is now prone. Yes. Um, that is my bonus action though, so I can't do anything else. That's fair. So, next up then we have Raynor. Raynor, seeing this cult knight, um, kind of like, um, he, he also sees Ezador change, like shift and change. Wow. Well, okay then. Um, <laughs> he puts his bow away and just kind of like flicks out that um, dagger from before. Um, the runes start glowing on it as he makes his way to the court knight. And he goes to attack him. However, as he kind of slashes across you, it's just like a dink off the side of it, just like, well, fuck, that's not good. And that's his go. So we are now up to night one. This was attacking Gregor. So Gregor, once again, he's going to raise his sword. Slashes down. I'm assuming an eight doesn't hit you. No. No. Yeah. Misses completely. Um... I don't think he has another attack, but I will just double check. No, no, wait, no, he does. He raises it again. Just another. And as he does, uh, some of the damage from before kind of like seems to on his arm. He raises it back, and you can just kind of see like these almost like screws in his arms. They all just kind of like ping out, narrowly missing you, Gregor. And his arm, it just kind of looks back towards his arm and drops off. Probably what I needed, to be honest. (laughs) Seems to have pained him quite a lot, just like as he's looking down his arm, just. At this point, realizing that he's only got one arm, he's dropped his big sword. He's going to try and essentially run back to where that mage is. Can I go for a hit? You can. Uh, also, Tom, uh, just talking about my Sunblade, I seem yes. to be proficient in it, but it doesn't have like a plus five or anything on that. So that'll just be your straight up proficiency, though, this. Proficiency. Oh, that one. Just a plus three. Plus, um, I mean, a Sunblade, I believe, is a strength or dex weapon. I can't remember off the top of my head. But you would is have it a your... homebrew item? Yeah, nope. Homebrew no, it's not. It's not. Is it not? Nope. Oh, I couldn't find it on... Uh, 5e Sunblade, it's two words. It is a finesse or versatile weapon. Um, you gain a plus two to attack and damage rolls made with the weapon. Uh, when you hit an undead with it, the target takes an extra 1d8 radius. Um... Because it's a finesse weapon, you can either do strength or dex. Strength or dex. 
Yes. So you would add yeah, your strength, strength, right? So you would add your strength modifier plus two plus your proficiency bonus. And remember, you've still got Cleric's Rage for another four turns. Oh, yes. this is your second turn, should I say? Wait, no, no, this isn't even your second turn. This is just an attack of opportunity. Oh, so do I roll just for that? Yeah, yeah, just roll your attack of opportunity. It's not a full-on turn. Um, do I add anything to, onto it, or...? What do you mean? Uh, like, yeah, just as if you were attacking normal. Just, yeah, oh, just as if you... Normal. Yeah. Uh, so I've got that, and then that's a... Three. Oh, and I've got advantage as well. Yes, because your Cleric's Rage is still in turn. Um, so that was a, a six, four, uh, thirteen. Was that with advantage as well? Yeah, that was with advantage. So yeah, as you swing down to attack it with your sunblood, just rump and narrowly misses. So the knight goes up, five, ten, fifteen. However, um, Dix, he is passing you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that would just be for... Can you, can you use a spell for attack of opportunity? Um, normally I would say no, but I would say that in this specific instance, if you wanted to send a comet after him, you could. If I did it that way, I'd only send a comet after him once he passed me, or is he stopping there? He's not stopping there, he's passing by. He's passing by. But for flavour of this, we'll say that... We'll, we'll do the roll as he's passing you for the attack of opportunity. But for flavour, we'll say he's passed you already, and he's running down the corridor. If you want, if you want to use your um, comment. Can you speak into the mic, sir? Yeah, I do want to use comment. Yeah, okay. as he's running past, is that where he's, he's ending his run? There, he's going to end pretty much right, behind that's fine, in front of the mage. Right, if that's the case, I'd wait for him to to get there, so I could maybe get a blast radius on the other guy as well. What's the blast radius? 15. Yeah, that'd, that'd hit. Okay, how many are you sending that way? Uh, I can only send two at maximum at a time, so I'd leave okay. me with two left. So, just damage straight up, yeah. Um, Buff would have to roll a dex save, won't they? Yeah, maybe, not. I'm not sure about the guy with the attack of opportunity though. Do you reckon he'd be able to? Yeah, because um, either way, we have when time to do that. When you make an attack on an attack of opportunity, you're still going against AC. There's still a save for it. Right. Okay. So that that would still be the same, because all the spell is is another attack. Just done slightly yeah. differently. Yeah. Go on then, make your. So it's fifteen to beat. The knight isn't going to anywhere with a twelve, and the mage. The mage wouldn't wouldn't make one, I don't believe, because I'm not actually attacking him. I think the blast radius would just be something separate, so I'm not actually attacking that. Okay. Oh, no, shit, you're right, yeah. That's fine. And quite lucky, because he got a natural 20. <laughs> shit. All right, so two of them, real damage. Yes. So that's ten total. In total. For that guy. That yeah, for that guy that was running. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up properly another time, but for now we'll just yeah. say yeah. Okay, so both comets just <laughs> into him, and he kind of drops to one knee. Just <laughs> the mage is also, I'm assuming, gets hit by te- for ten. So yep. the mage is kind of staggered backwards. Neither of these two are looking too hot at this moment in time. They're both just kind of panting heavily. Uh, which means that we are now up to the mage itself. The mage kind of picks himself up and so that he can't do much more. But he's going to continue running. 5, 10, 15, 20. There we go. That's his go. He's still just <clears throat> running away. Night 2, however, so this is this chap here. He's now going to clonk back down, just clonk in his way to Ezzardor. This weird, monstrous mass of tentacles. Once again, as he raises his sword, slams down. I'm assuming an 11 doesn't hit. Uh, no. Does Reno get an attack as well? Does what? Does, was it in combat Rain, with Reno? Reno's he... attacked. He missed. Is he already attacked? He's attacked and he's missed. Alright. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Attack of opportunity. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Let's do that first. He still missed. <laughs> he's shit, isn't he? <laughs> Raynor is good at certain things, but those things have not come into play yet. Um, Gaz, I'm, I think I said 11, so that doesn't hit, I'm guessing. No, it doesn't. Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> that's fine. Second attack then. Nine doesn't hurt. No. Okay, so Gregor, we're back up to you. Yay! Right. There is the cult uh, knight that's run away. There's the fanatic. There's the other cult knight, and there's the mage. Right, I'm just gonna focus on that um, knight that was on me. I'm just gonna go five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five. Right behind. Is he running away? Do you say? Yes. Right, I'm just gonna do a jump and just get my sun blade and just dig it straight into the center of his well of his back all right roll to attack with advantage then roll yeah with advantage That was good. That was a good job of that. Uh, 15, yeah. uh, 6, uh, 16, 16, 18. Is it above 18? Yeah, 24. Yeah, that hits. Roll your critical damage. I rolled 2 as well. I got radiant damage as well. That's fine. Roll critical for both of them. Okay, so... I like how you automatically assume that this knight is undead. You're correct, but I like how you assume he's undead. It was the groaning that happened. Yeah, yeah. it sounds a bit undead to me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 13. And then do I double it, or do you want me to roll again? Uh, I can't remember what we said about that. Uh, house rules, criticals. Uh, I think we rolled twice. 
Yeah, I think so. It rolled double damage, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, roll double. Roll a second Roll time. double, so I got 13, so that's... Oh, yeah, roll damage twice. twice. There we go. Fucking hell. Roll, uh, roll damage twice? Yes. Okay, so that's uh, 13. That's 27 radiant damage. What else? Over damage? And then the add. And then there's just a normal attack. Yeah, one d eight plus, one d ten plus six. Say so I roll that twice. Uh, six. That's 23, so all together that's 49. 49 points of damage. I wish you'd have numbers been to work with it. <laughs> I was gonna say say again. I wish you'd have hit those numbers before. Fucking I know, I, I did. So you jump up, and as you do, you romp with the sunblade, just plunge it in, and as it sinks through the plate mayo and comes out the other side, you hear like a vroom, 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 and you hear as the cult knight just explodes into viscera. Can I just look at the mage and just go, You're next. Mage is just like, you, you, Mage turns around, still doesn't say all, but you see his eyes widen. We're now up to fanatic number two, who isn't doing too good, but bless him, he's gonna try takes another, he pulls out another dagger, just spins it and slashes across at Bimit. Bimit just kind of like, no, hits his hand with the dagger. This fanatic still isn't going though, so he's going to try and plunge the dagger forward. And again, Bimit just, no, hits the dagger away. Um, so we're up to you, Ezador, as you're facing against the court knight. Uh, yeah, I am going to then. Well, first I'll go. Finally, my turn. Bleed. And then I'm gonna get my tentacle and slash down. Well, not my tentacle, one of my arms. I'm use blades. Yep. <laughs> okay, roll to hit for that then, please. As yet, you kind of, as you say this, you raise one of your hands up, your tentacle arms, and it kind of like stiffens and hardens into a blade, and you sweep down towards the cult knight. Seventeen. Unfortunately, as you swing, the knight just kind of decides it glances. Bloody hell! I thought I'd be in it. Anything else? Do you have multi attack for that? Or I do. Uh, well, I just went with it again and I missed. <laughs> as you spin, as you slash down again, the knight this time just kind of like tinks, uses his great sword to knock it away. It's been a while since you've been in this form as a doll, and you're still not quite used to it yet. Okay, I'm going to, because I should have a bonus action, because I did an attack, I've got an extra attack which I used. So can yeah, I use a bonus? Can yeah, you dodge with my bonus? You can ready the action for dodge. Alright. 
that that would count as a bonus if you readied your action for it. Oh yes, I'm doing that then. <laughs> okay. So Amrius is go. Amrius is really need to learn Amrius's spells a little bit better than this. So Amrius pulls out a bolt, loads it in, just with a chunk, chunk, and he is going to fire it at, he's going to fire it at the knight attacking Ezebor, as it swishes past, like a woof, and dunk into it. That deals four points of damage to it, but um, Ezidor, even in the current state that you're in, you see these lights just kind of light up on the bolt itself, these little runes, and as it does, the room suddenly feels cold to you. You hear like a <clears throat> as a bunch of frost damage just surrounds this knight and the knight takes the knight takes seven points of damage kind of stumbles back we're up to Bimit Bimit is still locked in combat with this fanatic he's just kind of knocked his knocked his uh, daggers away raises a Dragon Claw swipes down, but unfortunately misses. This fanatic just kind of dodges around it, rolls again, but this time he manages to hit. Um, so as this um, cultist just kind of like dodged the first one, Bimit swipes again and catches him again in the chest, and he deals seven points of damage. Uh, this cultist at this point in time. It's kind of staggering, just once again, like the other ones, just on one knee, just panting heavily. Then it goes into for a bite, but this time he clamps his head, um, his mouth around the fanatic's head. And as he kind of like shuts his jaw, the fanatic's head just kind of <laughs> pops in his mouth. Go on, Ben. The knight slumps to the floor, dead. Dix, we're on to you now, my friend. Okay, um, I'm thinking I'm going to leave Gregor to this one over here. Uh, let me just check the range on this, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to stay where I am. Yeah. Alright, there's no, there's no more walls, is there? That's on the left side of the map here. Um, beyond, hang on. Well, basically, can I just see down to um, Ezidor where the guy who's yes. attached to Ezidor? Yes, there's, no, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing in between them, no. Right, okay. Yeah, uh, this is not the darkest room. This, <laughs> this is the darkest room in the entire <laughs> oh, shut map. Up. So, yeah. Suddenly, uh, I'll get killed. He's <laughs> close. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Right, this lasts for one round. Um, it's a cantrip and it's called Chill Touch. Okay. It's necromancy. Ooh. Um, it's got a 120 foot range. Yeah. So I can easily reach that. Um, 
So, once again with a tip of the hat, and a bit of a bloat. Ghostly skeletal hand in the space of a creature within range. So, I just need to make a range spell attack, which I'll do now before I read the rest. That's a natural 20. Deeks, roll your damage. Your critical damage. Critical! That sounds either really good or really bad. That's 24 points of damage. Um, also, uh, it can't regain hit points until the start of its next turn. Can't do anything. Until then, the hand clings to the target. And also, if you hit an undead target, it also has disadvantage on attack rolls against me until the end of its next turn. I mean, it's going to have full-on disadvantage anyway, because never mind undead, it's now dead-dead. This, <laughs> this ghostly hand just wraps around it, and you can hear, like, just like... As this cold, bony hand just wraps its way around the, the knight's kind of, like, throat, finding just that, just that little sliver of undead flesh. It grips onto it and just... With the chill of the grave. With the chill of the grave, it snaps the neck as this chill just spreads across its body. The cold knight uh, drops dead. And I'll tip my hat again. <laughs> as Dix just tips his hat. He was right, mine! <laughs> up to Raynor. Raynor? Oh, uh, Ezidor needs to take 27 points of damage as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sound about right? Sound about right. <laughs> Raynor just kind of like sees dead. <laughs> Straight away. That was a nice little cameo from Ezador there for one yeah. Um So Raynor just seeing this just kind of looks back across to um Deeks. So maybe it's a good thing we have a wizard. Just kind of Well Maybe it is. He just kind of like tips his tips an imaginary hat to you as oh, it passes Oh, I'll by. tip it back! I'll tip it back numerous times. Unfortunately, this a happy is about, grin. About as far as he can go, but he draws his bow and just rises in action. Knight one is dead. Mage one. Um, he is still bless him. He is still trying his hardest. Just well, roughly. 5, 10, <laughs> 15, 20, 25, 30. 35. Oh, it's just in. Oh. Now, hang on. Um, because I need to reveal more anyway for Gregor because of his line of sight. Gregor, you can see as this mage is running away, he is then running into an opening. That. The area itself seems a bit weird for a uh, temple of death. The lighting almost seems... Yeah, has that shown to you guys? It's, I can just see literally a bit of the mage. And yeah, no, that's fine. Um, the lighting itself seems almost... almost warm to you as this mage is running this way. However, that is the end of his turn. And we are up to you, Gregor, as, you're, as this mage nice. is just running desperately. Right, I'm just gonna just literally pelt towards him. So one, two, three, four, 
sorry. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. So I get my up to here. And as I'm running, I go in. You saw me coming. So why are you running? What's the matter? It's just little old me. I feel like giving you disadvantage, but you've still got advantage. Go for it. Uh, um, as I get up to it, I'm going to cast level three guiding bolt again. Yep, go for so it. Again. Roll, roll with advantage. Uh, Sixteen. Uh, let me just double check on this chap. That will hit. And that's because it's the highest one. That is 66 um, radiant damage. <laughs> Tell me how you want to do this. Whoa! Where was this <laughs> damage before when Ivor was alive? <laughs> Ivor's life has just yeah. fueled him. Um, as, yeah. I'm just, as I'm running, I've just got my hand just like facing the back and just my eyes are just going red at this point and I'm just building up this, this guiding bolt. And all of a sudden I just... Can I make it into like a spear, in a way? For this, we'll allow you to. As I make it into a spear, I just go, step back and just, boom, just chuck it straight into his back. Yeah, so as you throw it and it pierces this cult mage's back, it hits with such force that it actually raises him off the ground. He is then sent flying forward into the room. You hear like a boom, and my can I, can I roll the damage as well, please? I want to see what he gets. Roll the damage, go for it. I thought you had. I thought you got 66. No, I said it 6d6. Oh, 6d6. Uh, I had 66. I had 66 as well. <laughs> Sorry. That's why I said, how do you want to do this? All oh, right. No, I thought you just had a minimum of six left. You might get but six. Still, that's... <laughs> well, so I'm rolling 12. You are so rolling 12 12d6. Ah. I'll just do it off um, D20. I'll just roll it off uh, <laughs> D&D Beyond. I'm going to say, as this is happening as well, the rest of the group, so Deeks, Ezador, Amrius, Raynor and Bimit, have all started making their way through the tunnel trying to catch up with you. All right, that is uh, 41 points of damage. Because I think it's fairly obvious at this point in time that Gregor has just destroyed this fucking mage just yeah you hear a doof as it hits something and <laughs> as this cult mage is wiped off the face of the Athla. it's completely gone there's not even a trace of him left that's for you rag and i look as you as you say that and you look up um and the rest of the group have kind of followed and kind of caught up with you as you're saying that Deeks and Ezador. Ezador, are you still in your shifted form? Yes, well, my shifted form is now making his way towards Dix. Okay, um, I'm going to let that play out first then. Alright, yeah. I was going to wrap stuff up, but yeah. Well, as I come towards up to Dix, I'm just going to say, surely they won't mind losing my little one. And then I'm going to back off. And, and then, yeah, I'm just going to go up to him with like my teeth because he's got teeth under his mouth, uh, under his eye. I don't think I've said that before, but he's got teeth. So you see him sharp going, just a bite. 
And then as I get close... Uh, I'll spin, spin these meteors a little bit. <laughs> and then as I get close, you're going to see me... Oh, why? Oh, sorry, I'd see that. <laughs> yeah, the the tentacles just kind of like back, and Ezador is now stood back in front of you. That went well. Mental. <laughs> I think that was all right for our first fight. Wasn't it? As you're as you're saying that, you can hear Gregor in the distance saying his, you know, why are you running spiel. <laughs> Uh, do you all? Do you both kind of like head into the corridor to try and catch I up? I think with if I can find my token. Oh, yeah, it's rags in it. I was gonna say we we can drop yeah. the tokens now. Yeah, we'll run straight down the corridor. Yeah. So yeah, as you run down the corridor, Ezra, I'm assuming you follow as well. Yeah, I'll follow it. Passing by Amrius, uh, Bimit is kind of keeping track. Bimit kind of leaps forward and kind of lands on his claws. Almost spinning, spinning around in front of Gregor, um, Deeks and um, Ezador kind of flank you on either side. Gregor, as you're saying, that's for you, Rag and Ivok. And as the three of you kind of look forward and look direct, oh, I'm just going to have to move something very quickly. As the three of you look directly forward, the three of you notice that bright light. You notice that you are now stood in a room unlike the others. You find yourself feeling slightly more relaxed. You find yourself looking ahead and you see what appears to be some form of... Well, it feels weird to call it natural light given that you're underground, but it feels like natural light. It feels like for the first time, especially for you, Deeks and Ezador, it feels like the sunlight is finally bearing its way onto you for the first time ever. You can see there are numerous small orange moving lights around, and as your eyes focus to the natural light for the first time in what could be decades for the two of you, you see a slight blue shimmer rising from the floor, and you realise that that's, that's water. Is luminously blue water and those little lights that are around the fireflies. But what gets your gaze the most, the beam of sun that's just entering into the into the chamber itself. And there in the centre of the chamber is a giant oak tree. The light just illuminating it gently. And unlike every other single room in the temple, this one feels warm feels welcoming I'll just walk in just grab like uh, grasping my wound that's kind of still open I mean I took some major jam- damage from that Gregor how much health do you have left? six <laughs> as you stagger forward you kind of drop to one knee and you collapse in the in the blue liquid okay and as that happens, you can feel warmth entering your body. You are fully healed. Hey, yeah, I'm happy. And as you are fully healed, you kind of look up and roll me, roll me an Arcana check. Twenty-one. 
is a seven. The briefest second. You swear. You can't make them out, but you can see two shimmery figures on the over edge of the room. And they just, as soon as you see them, they're both gone. Oh. I, I'm just looking at my scars, like seeing if I'm still bleeding. Nothing. I'm, I'm fully healed. I feel fantastic. Amrys kind of passes through into the room. My god, this is... Perplexing, to say the very least. He just kind of stomps in. This is very, very perplexing. Why would a room such as this be in the Temple of Death? It makes one feel... It makes one feel as though they are safe. It makes... It makes one feel like they are in the presence of Lafanda himself. Yes, well, and it... if you can't be civilized, then you, you can't come and play, can you? And as he's saying that, and Isabel's talking to himself again, Amrith kind of turns around. Uh, this is the group. I believe there is more to more at play here than we, we initially thought. I dare say that we must keep on journeying into this temple. Hopefully we will meet back up with our group. However, this room itself, I do not know the mysteries that it holds, but I am not completely convinced that it is benevolent. So let us let us be on our guard and make sure what happened to Ragnarok and Ivok does not befall us as well. Agreed. Agreed. Yes, maybe. Goddess, what give, goddess um, did can you give say? Bimit a pat on the back? You fought well. Bimit just kind of growls happily. Um... Ezador, what did you say? I couldn't hear you. Yeah, so, what goddess did you say it was again? It was the god Lathander. Oh, the, uh, the god. Lathander is he's the god of life and rebirth, so it is quite odd that he is in this room, or a shrine to him, is, however. Yes, I know, yes. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to roll on as yeah, can, Amrys, I, can I also as well? Yeah, go for it. Dix, are you rolling inside or are you just kind of walking around at this point? No, I'm just walking around. At ten. Okay, so Gregor, you're just kind of like, oh, he seems to be on his stuff. <laughs> but yeah, um, Ezidar, Amrys is just kind of narrowing his eyes, just like, really now? Really? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, how do you know about Lathander? Tell me, dear boy. Oh, I don't know how I know things. I've, I learn everywhere I go. It's just there's too much information straight away. Call where I learn things. I just know things. Hmm. Quite, quite. Nonetheless, uh, I'm going to walk over here now. Hmm. And he just kind of walks to the other, other area of the room, just looking at the tree. And as he does, I'll just gonna say, I used to have a tree like this. The Reaper, The Maelstrom, and The Thief is a Dungeons & Dragons show by Rollcast. Episode 14, Despair, featured JB as Ragnarok and Deeks, Coogan as Gregor the Last, Gareth Ryan as Ezidor, and Tom Crabb as the DM. After 13 previous episodes, it's, 
it's going to be odd not seeing Ragnarok and Ivok going forward, but nonetheless. Intro, midpoint and outro music were all provided by JB. Editing and sound mixing was done by Tom Crab. We'd like to thank the following for allowing us to use their ambiences and their music. Adrian von Ziegler, Alexander Nakarada, Darren Curtis Music, Michael Gelfi Studios, Royalty Free Zone, Scott Buckley, Survival Spheres, and The Seventh Midnight. Full links to all the tracks that were used in this episode are in the episode's description. These artists are all amazing and their tracks have really let us like properly step up our game, so please show them some love. If you like what we do and you want to show your support, then why not check out our socials? Follow our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash cast that role. Follow and tweet at us on Twitter using the handle at cast that role. And subscribe to our YouTube channel using the handle at cast that role. You'll be able to get episode updates and random bits of law and information on both Twitter and Facebook, such as how our group formed, what the main landmasses of Eflok are, how the pantheon of gods are decided, and a lot of other bits of random law and behind-the-scenes stuff, as well as character information that you might not pick up during the sessions. The uh, first set of information is due to go up soon, so check out our socials for it. Our YouTube page has all of our current episodes up in a visual format, as well as a super long recap episode narrated by myself and Amrius Reap, who definitely not just me, with a very bad accent. And these are all also available in our Season 1 playlist on our YouTube channel. Don't want to watch, but you still want to listen to us? Well, we've got your back. Look for Rollcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Good Pods, and all other podcast platforms. Or, alternatively, add our RSS feed so you never miss an episode. Thank you again to everyone who has watched or listened to this episode. Another player has bitten the dust, uh, but, you know, with that we now do have two more interesting characters that I am sure we are going to learn all sorts about in the upcoming episodes. That said, given that this arc has already seen two characters die, will the rest of the group even have a chance to learn about their new members? Find this out, and more, in episode 15, An Odd Crown, which will release on the 21st of June. So we'll see you all then. Coogan, count me in. All right. Take one. And... Action. <laughs> why did you delay <laughs> it that much? <laughs> I, thought, I thought, why not? You know what? I'm really not, fucking I'm just, annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to continue using this take. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Reaper, The Mailcast. The male cast. <laughs> the male cast, fuck's sake. All right. Always. <laughs> count, count me back in, I guess. Take two. Uh... Do it right. <laughs> Action. <laughs> <laughs>